Network. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of ET Network. I'm your host, Deadman. With me is Zach Galloway, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, we're missing DJ, we're missing Gibby, but that's okay. Gibby's in the middle of a tornado and being transported to Oz, and uh, DJ is once again defending his, his, femboy, his femboy Hooters location. So uh, here we are, continuing on without him. So we have heard from Gibby, right? Like, we, we know he's he's, he's okay. Okay. I feel like we should have clarified that. <laughs> yeah, like, the world would be down one one more degenerate. We can't have that. No. Uh, so uh, we are back streaming on Twitch as well. It's just a centralized platform now. I'm, we're streaming on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Twitch as of today. So that's also something that's new. And... Uh, well, let's get into the show. Spe- speaking of movies in the pre-show, mm-hmm. what have you watched this week? What have you been uh, paying so, attention to? As I was telling you in, in the pre-show, Eddie and I actually kind of invested in our entertainment uh, monthly finances, I guess you'd say. We bought monthly passes at AMC, so we get to see like whatever movies are out you know, and don't really have to worry about how much it's going to cost or whatever. So... Um, I recently saw everything everywhere all at once, and that was actually Eddie's second time seeing it. And I definitely had you mentioned you hadn't seen it yet, right? Right. So obviously no spoilers or anything. Um, but it's such a visually impressive movie. There's so many things about it that uh, like Eddie, I mean, you've met Eddie. Eddie is autistic as fuck, right? So he does this thing after every movie where he looks up all these these uh, little tidbits, like these facts about the question about the movie. Right. And he's going through, and it's just like page after page after page of little tidbit that I missed, you know. Uh yeah, no, that, that's it's um <clears throat> for like movie weirdos. I mean, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah, like I can't I can't say I haven't done it. Like I've done it. Uh, I know, like when you when you're like, who the fuck is that? I've seen them somewhere then you're like oh my god yeah okay cool yes so yeah no like i i've I've done it as well um what what else what else have you guys watched because i i used to have i used to have that pass as well i just uh they stopped doing it so i stopped caring (laughs) (laughs) that's a good reason um also recently other than that um hey babe baby yeah, he's asleep. Anyway, uh, we saw Knock at the Cabin. I, I remember talking about that. Oh, Knock at the Cabin. I, I don't think we got to talk about that, actually. We did not, no. Yeah, that was. I was really impressed by that movie. Just because going into it, it was kind of one of those, like, I thought I was going to guess, you know, I mean, I'm like most people, and I like to try to guess what the plot, plot twist is at the end. But right. it was the only time that I was pretty surprised by a plot twist. And it wasn't in a negative way. It wasn't like a, it was all a dream, you know, plot twist. It was actually oh, so. oh, okay. Robert, well, that was by M. Not, M. Yeah, M. it was by Shyamalan, too, right? There you go. That's the guy. <laughs> we, always, we always make fun of his name. It's always like M. M. Night, M. Bop, Shabop, Shabop. So. <laughs> M. Bop, Shabop, up. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to be racist. M. Night, Shyamalan, Ding Dong. Yeah, uh, he, did, he did that in uh, Bautista's in it. Uh, I love Bautista. I'm such a oh I'm Bautista. Bautista. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he did a he did a prank video yesterday about that. Netflix paid him ten million dollars for a stand-up special. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see it. What? 
Yeah, yeah, it was it was a it was an April Fool's video. I can I can find it real quick. I gotta see that. Guy's got a massive sense of humor, and he's a big-hearted dude. And I, I really want to meet him one day. He just seems like such a genuinely cool guy. You know what I mean? I know somebody who has met him who said that he was really cool and a really intense dude, but really <laughs> awesome. Uh, let me see. Well, I know he does a lot, a lot of charity sort of things too, and you know, doesn't really make that a, a like a part of his image or whatever, you know. Exactly. Oh, this is a. Oh, never mind. That's a Kimmel <laughs> clip. I'm uh, trying to see through your eyeglasses right now. Yeah, it's he's it's on it's on Kimmel. Kimmel. Oh. Uh, I don't think we can play that. Damn it. Okay. Well, that's for the post show then. Yeah. Uh, that sucks because it's 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 hilarious. Like he, it, it was an April Fool's thing, and uh, it it was really it was really fucking hilarious. Like he's up here trying to do stand up, and somebody <clears throat> echoes him, and he beats the shit out of him on stage. Oh jeez. <laughs> I like that. I like to see that. Knock at the cabin was was a surprise for. For for Dave for Dave Batista because um, he did play one of the variants in, in Blade Runner, uh, Blade Runner the second movie twenty forty seven or whatever the fuck it's called. And I I never got to sit through it. I mean, I started it every time I ended up passing out, mostly from smoking. But still, it's too damn long. It it, it is it is uh, it is a trek. It is yeah. it is definitely uh, a work to get through uh however what i found and this is kind of like where me and ed boy get along uh, i found it really really fascinating that the first scene in the movie with dave batista uh is the original beginning of this of the actual story uh, of these of the of the deckard story and uh when they when they shot the original movie they didn't have the um, the technology or the time to, to include the scene and it's a really complex scene it's a uh, uh well not complex in the idea of like shots or anything else like that it's it's deckard that's the beginning of deckard's career and uh you know he he walks into a room and there's this guy and he, he looks normal it's it's dave batista you know he's a big dude yeah he's a farmer and he's talking to, he's talking to deckard the whole time deckard doesn't say a word and he's trying to prepare breakfast and he's like well I don't know why you're here. You know, I'm, you could be here for a number of reasons. I know you probably think I'm a variant or something. You know, I'm not a variant. I'm a farmer. Variants don't get to be farmers. You know, he's making this whole thing out. Yeah. And then in the end, Deckard shoots him. And then we find out that the guy was a variant and that the variants were evolving to hmm. become way more human. And because uh, variants only live a certain amount of time, uh, batista's model and the fact that he was evolving to be more human was kind of breaking the code hmm. so it was uh it was a really interesting scene and they didn't get to put it in the first movie but they put it in the second one and i thought that was i, was, I thought that was super interesting <clears throat> yeah I, I always liked learning about stuff like that i mean honestly eddie is probably a lot more in depth about everything than i am but but still, I would agree with you. That usually makes uh, movies more enjoyable to know some of the background, you know? 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. What have I watched? I watched Cocaine Bear. How is that? I, I haven't gotten around to see it. It's stupid. It's dumb. But is it stupid funny or is it just stupid? It is. It, it, if you like dark humor, if you like, like, really dark one-liners you're gonna love the movie like, okay what it, do you mean by dark humor is it is it like dark humor like the kid who carves a swastika into the desk or like no 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 okay so like one of the for instance one of the lines that like made me laugh was like this little kid gets chased up a case it's chased up a tree i think it's one of the previews i'm not spoiling anything and uh, they're like get down here it's like no there was a bear out there and it's Fuck! <laughs> and the kid's like 13 12 years old and they're like hey, that's inappropriate he's like no that thing's fucked <laughs> and, then, and then like, like whatever they get rescued and like he's like i would really like to forget i ever saw that but i believe that's the kind of thing that sticks around with a man forever <laughs> the kid's like 12 okay, years I, old i can i can get behind that sort of funny i mean not everything needs to be some brilliant intrinsically deep joke you know i mean no, no, I, I think I think the the, the joke the, the the joke that made me laugh the hardest, believe it or not, was a throwaway joke. <laughs> it was a throwaway joke, and I don't know if it was improvised or it was scripted, but it made me laugh so hard. Like there's there's a character getting ready and she's putting on perfume and lipstick to kind of like get get the dude that's coming in. And some other circumstances happen, and then it's a wildlife park, of course. You know that's where the setting is, and you know they have a stuffed beaver on the on the on the desk right and you know the guy comes in and they're talking whatever and he just remarks oh hey you, you gotta he, he like starts pat and he's like oh you got you got a dusty beaver and she she just throw away line she goes yeah well i'm working on it and <laughs> like, then cut scene and i'm just like i was like that was beautiful <laughs> i feel like that's a little not a like a little tip that had to airplane there you know yeah you know yeah like, Oh, it was it was that's that's the line that made me laugh the hardest. So funny story about cocaine bear. Apparently, and this is just from what I've gleaned from Eddie telling me from reading through many articles, the whole thing is slam against director Taika Watiti. Really, I did not know that because Taika Watiti, I mean, is a known coke fiend. I mean, that's that's hands down. That's a, that's a true thing. I was unaware. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, he's also openly bi and, and everything like that. And he ended up fucking the wife of the whoever directed Cocaine Bear. What was the name? I don't know. A woman directed it. Or, I'm sorry. He ended up fucking her. That's right. Oh. And uh, so the whole, and apparently it broke up her marriage or whatever. And the whole thing is just slammed against Tycho. Uh, basically, it's just not in his direction. That sort of thing. Wow. Yeah, I was completely unaware of that. Yeah, I was too. I mean, I knew about Tycho. I I could have guessed before I actually read about it. Tycho's drug habit, but uh, I mean, well, I mean, we we're, we can only speculate. But I mean, like the dude's a ball of energy. If you've ever seen him, yeah, you know? I mean, I've never seen him in a movie or, or I, I recently watched Our Flag Means Death. By the way, yeah, have you seen yeah. that? Yeah, I've seen it. Love that. Oh God, they're so fucking cool. But I've never seen him in any production movie or show or otherwise where he isn't always on you know i mean like always four seven yeah that's that's hard to do bro I mean, if you can do that sober why you know I mean, 
Right. As far as I'm willing to go. But like, <laughs> I mean, like, like, holy shit. Um, I think one of the only scenes that I've ever seen him not like bouncing off the walls was in the Suicide Squad, uh, the second movie. Uh, I still haven't seen either of those. Uh, yeah. the, go for Margot Robbie in the first one, and so so they made two, right? They made two. Why? why? I mean, well, the first one was a lot, lot darker than they had intended. And so Warner Brothers came in and chopped it up real bad, like really, 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 really bad. Uh, so much so that there's so much story missing that, like, so literally, some, literally they're going into the city in a helicopter. Something shoots down the helicopter. You never find out what. Really? You never find out what. I'm I, really you, you, driving crazy. I you're just like, how the fuck did they, like, like, they're mindless zombie putty things? So how are they able to operate anti-aircraft materials? Never explained. Never explained. And, uh, like, so much of the Joker is cut out. Like, this, the, the, the first movie was supposed to be very much the story of Joker and Harley. I remember that was how I was hyped. I mean, I remember watching, I, I, I was around for the commercials for it. I remember mm-hmm. that. And it was very much so like, oh, we're seeing this, this like punk, punk jo- joker sort of thing. That would seem like that was a hook, like the punk joker and fucking Harley Quinn in their story and everything. So it, it didn't turn out to be that or? Not even close. Not even close. So much of Jared Leto's Joker was cut out. It was ridiculous. Why is um, that? Everybody says it was a slight against Jared Leto for being such a prick, but I'm like, ah, you don't do that to an actor. Yeah, I mean, I, nobody's that much of an asshole that you're willing to lose money over. Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah. it, it, unless it's like five or ten bucks. That's different. But No, and, and so we don't know what happened. We just know that Warner Brothers is notorious for fucking over the movies fucking over the productions fucking over the editing like like just so bad that you know we have there there is there is a cut that exists in the suicide squad that is called the david ayer cut and that one is supposed to be so much darker and so much more like like the the one we have is like 89 minutes or something like that the david ayer cuts like two hours so really? yeah like we're missing a lot the second one, though, which was made by, I believe, James Gunn, was, it, it is what it's supposed to be. It's it's stupid. It's violent. It, it's got B-heroes that are B-heroes for a reason. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, like, Armed Detached Man, played by Nathan Fillion. <laughs> What's Arms Detached Man? Yeah, that's literally his whole power. His arms come off and float around independently, and he controls them. I mean... Could definitely come in handy, you know, pun intended. But, I mean, and yeah, I know, and the showcase is just about as handy as it comes in, uh, like in the movie. And so you also have like um, all the other characters that are involved in it. Uh, Starro, which is a gigantic alien star, you know, he's the villain of the movie. But you also have uh, Brainiac, played by uh, Louis Capaldi, and then you have. Uh, uh, you know, old Peacemaker, Idris Elba playing, yeah, uh, 
all, all, all the classics. But I mean, like for the second movie, I mean, I mean, want to watch a turn, a turn off your brain, have fun, kind of superhero movie. Well, watch the second movie. The first movie takes itself far too seriously and was was, was fucked with far too much to be <clears throat> anything other than a joke. Mm. Yeah, I heard about Jared Leto's chicanery and his fucking the way he fucked people backstage and whatnot. Yeah, and I I, I I understand. Like like I know you you've worked in the industry yeah. and you've worked around people that are like method actors. Oh god, so uh, I, I worked on this indie film in Orange County, California once. Um, I actually up with the soundtrack of it and it ended up putting me in the film as like kind of background extra. And there was this dude who his his entire role was that he was like a begin starting out bodybuilder. So he's really getting into fitness. So he wasn't eating, he was working out all day long. So like that was his whole character, just his thing. Every time he was on camera, that's what he's doing. First day we're on set, I see this guy standing off the side just pumping iron in a corner. I walk up to him like, hey man, what you doing? He's like, oh, my character does this all the day, so I'm gonna do this all the time too. I just stopped and I was like, really? All right? I mean, all day. He's like, all day. I'll take a break for lunch, but no, all day. Even off, even off today. So I'm like, oh, okay, man, rock on. That guy lasted four days before that to get another one. Before he, before he, uh, before he tapped, he tapped out. out. I mean, he literally tapped out. And instead of modifying his workout routine, quote unquote, to like match his actual goals or whatever, he actually dropped out of the production. Yeah, I mean, I hope he wasn't on principle. I feel like he was that kind of asshole that it was. You know, I mean. No, I mean, I hope he wasn't on principle filming. Oh no. No, no, okay. Because I'm like, I'm like, four days of principal shooting and he had to drop out. I would have kicked his ass. No, yeah, that's no one's gonna let that happen. I mean, like, I, I've worked on, I've worked with one person that tried to be method. No, I've worked with a couple of people that tried to be method, and and like, I sh- I shut up down both times. It, it's almost like dealing with someone who wants to like do their fetish play of being a little in front of you, you know. Yeah, without your consent. Yeah, without your consent, you just have to be like, hey, look, I don't consent to this, okay? I'm not not down. Well, one of the one of the ones I was one of the ones we were working on, and you know, I've talked about this, you know, like the car the car type movie that we were talking about with Romeo and Juliet that I was working on. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the guys was supposed to be Tybalt, uh, the Tybalt type character, and Mm -hmm. so he was, you know, um, card carrying psychopath, you know, uh, the guy who. always had a knife in his pocket or whatever or whatever whatever and uh you know he he would run around and he would he would uh, he would get people's uh cheeks and that was kind of like the bit for the movie right Ooh. was that if if you met up with him like he had you had a scar on your cheek right and this guy was like i don't know we were like we were like weak into production already we had begun principal and this guy was like trying to walk around like all dark and brooding and he had a knife in his hand he would like open it close it open it and close it and just around people and stuff yeah and yeah. I, and i was like hey bro one you're you're we can hear you on pickup so i need you to quit number two you're making people nervous i need you to quit and he was like well you know this is my character this is my character so this is who i am until we stop filming 
And I went, okay. So I, I took my knife, which is an actual knife, because <laughs> anybody who knows me knows I don't fuck around. I actually carry big boy knives. Mm-hmm. So I took my knife and I opened it and I put it in his hand and said, go ahead. Go ahead. Go do what your character does. We'll bail you out. Damn. Go give somebody the joke. Go give somebody the joke. The snitch's smile. Don't come back to principal until you do. Then he was like, he didn't actually do it, right? No, he took my knife and he was like, oh, this is is my character. So this is what I am. This is what I am. And he left. And the director was looking at me like, Miguel, what did you do? (laughs) And I'm like, do you understand where we are? I'm like, we're downtown El Paso. Mm. <laughs> on a Friday night. <laughs> on a Friday night, which is why we're able to get the shots we're getting. He'll be back in about 20 minutes. <clears throat> and I was right. About 20 minutes later, he comes back and he just, he, and I was like, where's my knife? And he was, yeah, man, about that. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go away by the truck. Okay, you just let me know when my scene is up, okay? Yeah, that's a bitch. <laughs> Some people don't learn, man. I mean, I, I understand to a degree wanting to get into characters. I mean, obviously, that's, that's part of any acting. But to engross yourself and actually become a character, kind of, it almost seems like even on principle, it's kind of cheating, you know? I mean, you're not acting anymore, right? I mean... So... Like, kind of yes and no. So, like, when when I, when I do voice acting, I I literally put myself in that character's mind space. You know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. it can be really dark. Sometimes it can be really humorous. You know what I mean? Like when and sometimes it is and like and and I understand to a certain extent method acting, and I also understand to a certain extent that sometimes it's a little difficult to turn it off. You know what I mean? Because you spend a little bit too much time and it kind of becomes a mannerism. Uh, like, for instance, when I was when I was auditioning left and right to do Negan, Negan's a dick. <laughs> Negan is an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. And you know what I mean? He's very violent and very outward and very capable, you know what I mean, of almost anything. And so I remember, I remember doing all the lines I was supposed to do for all these auditions and then coming out of it and being like, I got to... Uh, Gotta take a nap or something, cause I'm, I'm having I'm having trouble turning that off. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. one of the one of the one of the lines was for a mobile game, right? Where it was a what if type situation. Where what if um, what if Negan got a hold of all of Rick's crew before Rick did? And so. You know what I mean? He goes through the whole spiel with each character. You know what I mean? Like with Sasha, you know, uh, well, not Michonne, with Michonne. Hmm. You know what I mean? He's like, holy shit, look at you, samurai babe out in the woods, kicking ass, taking names. I love it. Now, I could kill you or you could work for me. And the thing is, is I don't want to kill you. I want you to work for me. And if I got to kill one of these motherfuckers to do it, I'll fucking do it. So you just name your price. Because let me tell you, when the rest of the world gets a hold of a chick like you, a badass girl like you, it ain't going to go well. 
And I can tell you where you're going to end up. You ain't going to like it. Hell, you're going to want to kill me just for telling you. And like, that was like the speech, right? But it's like, it's like a few yeah, more really lines. Good, right? Thank you. Yeah. Just uh, close my eyes there and picturing me in that. And so, like, so like that, that was the lines. And then when he gets to like Sasha and he gets to everybody else, like it's the same kind of speech, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like sitting here, sitting in here for like an hour and a half, two hours, just going forth and going through that. Like it, it was, it was a lot. And then to get on the other side and be like, Right, I'm not Negan. <laughs> this is not who I am. I'm this not is, that person. Yeah, yeah, not that person. I, I have a Lucille, but I'm not that guy. <laughs> My leather jacket don't fit me no more. <laughs> oh, doing? Yeah, oh, man. I, I can, I mean, I haven't done too many things really that have negate or have necessitated me to really dive into that as far as speaking role goes. <clears throat> I definitely run into that issue with writing. Um, I've been, uh, cause I was a copywriter for a while and there's a couple of stories I worked on where it was just, it was basically, it was more or less a, a grape scene, you know I mean? Yeah. I can remember writing it and like trying to put myself in the headspace and I did a really good job, honestly. And afterwards I felt so wrong just writing that. It, it was just, it was very odd in my mind to, to, be able to go to that place and really just kind of get disgusted with myself. Oh yeah, yeah. it's easy. Yeah. But the thing is that you recognize it, right? And that's that's yeah. kind of the thing with writing. I've done I did the same thing recently. Recently for Dark Charm Media, we put out an episode of Fascination Street, uh, where uh two characters meet up with one of the main characters of Fascination Street, and you know, they're super powered beings, whatever, they're fighting, whatever, and you know. One she and she's and the main character. The main character. She's like, I have kicked your ass. I put you through brick walls. There's fire going. What the fuck? And then you know, the other character, the, the other superpower character, is like, I thought we were flirting. And, and she's like, Who the who flirts like this? <laughs> and the other character, who's supposed to be a little lewd because he's a gay character, he's an he's an LGBT partner with a couple and uh you know he he looks at the character and he goes oh don't play coy watch woman we all know you like it a little rough every now and again <laughs> and like it was supposed to be a gross out moment for the main character i remember writing that mean like oh, i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't feel good at all yeah. it doesn't it doesn't but like the story <laughs> But it's it's that character, and the character's name is Leaf, and uh, you know, and Leaf Leaf is kind of a bit of a dick, and so is his partner. Juice. Leaf, right? I've never known a Leaf who's not a dick. I've known three. So, I mean, <laughs> no two. They're both dicks. Yeah, I, I, if you name Leaf, that they're fucking. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. But uh, yeah, I remember writing that line, and I remember talking about it, like on the post, on, on like the the production show, being like. I wrote that line specifically to gross out that character, and then it did. And I was, and I, and like, yeah, you, you talk about that kind of stuff, but like, writing, writing is is like so different because like, you don't have to say it, you don't have to act it out, you know, you just you're typing it. But at the same time, it's even worse than that because without saying it, without you don't have that self recognition. 
So when you're writing it, you're creating that that that's that movie in your head, and you're watching it as you write mm-hmm. it, and you're just like, it's even worse because you're like, oh, I did yeah. that. Oh, oh, I did God. that. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it, you're right. It's identifying that you've done that and kind of taking being able to take take a step back that uh, separates us from people who like to method act and doing that sort of thing. I mean, one of my favorite method acting moments is Dustin Hoffman uh, was doing this movie. Uh, I forget what it was, but he, had, he was a runner in the movie. So he actually started every morning by running six miles and did six miles at night, every morning, every night. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to say Anthony Hopkins or somebody went up to him on set and was like, you know, next time try acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, god damn it. What was what, I, I remember that. I remember like that was fucking hilarious. Oh. Yeah, pull up the actual quote cuz I I didn't do it justice to Yeah, cuz damn it. Cuz I remember I remember listening to that and I was like that was harsh. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but I mean, honestly, like I, I, you know, it's just, just a mic drop moment, you know what I mean? Cause I, I picture that happening as Dustin Hoffman, like finished a run and came in all sweaty, you know, and the Hopkins there with like a cigarette and a coffee, you know, just next time try acting. <laughs> yeah. You know, like fucking, I think, uh, I do, I do like some method acting like roles, um, because it came out so fucking well. And it's not surprising that it's the villains that come out just so good. So does that kind of concern you at all that you're able to portray villainy in in, in that way so well? I mean, honestly, me me particularly, yeah. like no, no, uh, because for me, I know. You know what I mean? Like I know. I, I, I feel not... like you as a person are more grounded as in knowing who you are and what you're about as opposed to most people in the industry to be real yeah who are like oh i get to play this character and live out some weird fantasy that i have in my head of being a badass or being a bad guy i mean no i like playing the bad guy because it's fun because i get the cool monologues Mm -hmm. because i get to be big because i get to be scary you know what i mean like being negan even in audio form you know what I mean? Even even in just audio, like, and I use Negan a lot because it's the latest one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, when I when I do when I do things like Juice for Dark Charm Media, like Juice is a big boisterous asshole, <laughs> but he is scary. Like, like he is he is a monster. You know, uh, uh, the one of the first times you ever meet him, uh, uh, he beats somebody to death with his bare hands nice guy well he he gets called the f-slur for Ah. gays yeah and then he beats him to death with his own hands right right and then stands up and he's like he stands up and he's covered in blood he's covered in brains even his hands have like gore and teeth attached to him and he picks up a drink and he hands it to one of the other characters and he tells them by the way, it's rude to refuse a drink from your host. So take the fucking drink. And so the character like is like, I just watched this man 
pummel this guy's head into nothing. Right. I'm, even though the glass is covered in gore. Blood, yeah. I'm going to take it and I'm going to drink the fucking drink. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, I would get <laughs> Yeah. Like, considering who Juice is, Juice is, Juice is like a six foot five, six foot six, built like a linebacker, like a superhero. Just giant man. Just a brick shit house of a man. And he's violent. He's unpredictable. He's very bipolar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> but I, I I love playing the bad guys in that instance. You know what I mean? But I don't. I don't, it doesn't worry me because I know that it's play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like it's play. It's pretend. I'm not Juice. I'm not Negan. Getting into a headspace is different because. When I want to write something, for instance, I have to be in that. I have to be in that headspace, and sometimes that headspace is really good, and sometimes that headspace is really troublesome. Like I was writing yesterday for one of our series, and I had to write this really cautionary villain, right? Like where where all these other people are like, "Ha, we're fucking winning this whole thing," and I'm not going to spoil nothing else. But this other villain had to come in and kind of ground things. And I was like, well, you know, that's one thing that I'm kind of proud of is that, you know, and you know, as a writer, when you, when you put yourself in these mindsets, you know, you have to put yourself in these mindsets because you can't write as an observer if you're no. writing the bad guy. Yeah. And, and especially if that bad guy is going to do heinous shit, you can't write as an observer. No. And that's, that's boring anyway, honestly. It's like the worst narrative in the world. But yeah, um, I've actually, I've actually used method acting in, in TikTok a bit, um, mostly for me in my own therapy. Like uh, when when Penguin died, um, I ended up making a goodbye to Penguin scene, or as me and Penguin. I didn't publish it. I probably probably never will. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, I ended up doing that, and that actually helped me get past his death a lot in like a huge way. So. Yeah. And I am sorry for your loss again. It's all good. I know, I know, I know, I know. He was up there in age, but yeah, it, it was just one of those things that kind of. I, even though I knew he was got to be ninety three or ninety four at some point, you know, like I just assumed he would always be there. And you know, and it's stupid. I know that's stupid. I, I no, no, it's that. not. It's not. It is a comfort. Yeah. It is a comfort that you had with this world. It's not stupid at all. Because being stupid would be like, oh, I'm surprised you didn't die yesterday, fucker. And meaning it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like and then meaning that that's stupid. Like, like knowing knowing that this guy was there, knowing that you know when you reach back for those memories, there's still more memories to be had. There's it's it's a no. Yeah. It's it's not stupid at all because you know he, he was a friend of yours and he was a good friend of yours, and knowing that he was there, knowing that he was going to be there as long as humanly possible it's a comfort it's, it's not stupid at all man i mean i've lost so many friends that i i've lost a friend that i still think about every day and i'm just like one day she was here one day she was gone and what, i what happened if you don't mind me asking uh i it's something i'd rather not get into okay, on, on a public forum but you know it's it was just uh it was oh, yeah, a we're on the podcast. yeah <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. Uh, you know, but uh, no, I, and I understand that. I understand that because uh, every now and again I forget. 
Yeah. That, you know, she's gone. And I reach back to, you know, see what she's doing. And I'm like, right. Can't anymore. I can't. Yeah. It's just, there's something so weird about the finality of everything like that, you know? And yeah. I mean, it's certainly not the first time I've lost something. I mean, geez, I, I can't even count at this point how many people I've, I've buried. But it's still just when the finality of everything hits you all at once, you know? I mean, it's done. There is no more, and there's no hope of ever being more. That's right. a hard pill to swallow for anyone. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, especially when you work in industries like we have like i've worked in music i've worked in film i've worked in i've worked in podcasting i've worked in you know uh production i've worked in all sorts of things and when you when you know people you know so many people oh gosh and, and you know when when the word comes down the grapevine somewhere or another when when you've lost someone you're like wow it is you know? it, it is really strange honestly especially recently with the, just the ongoing opioid pandemic, you know, crisis. It seems like every other week almost, like we lose either a creator or somebody that's just a genuinely a good person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm very grateful, you know what I mean, myself for knowing you, for knowing Cody, for knowing the people that I know off of TikTok. Um, and, you know, I'm weird enough, weird flex for me is that I've never used you guys as a, as a, a platform from to gain my own followers i'm like i'd rather just i'd rather have fun and know you guys than which is stupid stop that <laughs> no i I, no. I, 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 is, I completely understand where you're coming from with like, that. like for me for me this is I, I have more fun doing this than i do like oh let's try to make a million dollars by you know using your platform to get me so like fuck that dude fuck that i'd rather have fun talking about method actors that run into a wall or you know what i mean like yeah or people that uh people that try to like, here's one you ever had a method actor try to drink method act like like stay drunk on set no i've, I've heard of i i have one that's slightly worse but go on I, I had one and it was a it was a female lead and she was, and her character was supposed to be, um, I only worked on the set for a, a couple of days. I was part of a, I was part of a stunt thing that was happening. Um, wasn't like stunt fighting or anything. It was going to be a Pratt. It was going to be a couple of Pratt falls. And so we had to, we had to like prepare stuff, you know, we had to prepare a, a drink cart. We had to prepare the mat below that. And then we had to prepare two chairs that were going to break away. Right. So we were, so I was part of the little stunt team to, you know, catch them or move the mat in or move the mat out so the shot can get it. And uh, she was, we, I don't know, there were like three weeks into principal and she was staying drunk on set because that was her character. Her character was, was, was the drunk, like, I you that she just had drinking problems, honestly. I mean, apparently she developed them after the shoot. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's terrible. Well, she got help right away too. So, like, that's that's yeah, like still, that's I like mean, the golden lining. Like, the yeah. silver lining is that she got help, but she did develop them on set. So, uh, so we're, we're there on the day we're there the day of the big pratfall, which is you know her and her sister get into it, and then she gets shoved, and then she goes over the drink cart and onto the mat, and she's got a drink in her fucking hand, and it's it's a Bud Light or something, and it's a beer, and I'm like, you're like five foot two. This is like your eighth beer this morning. Like, you sure you want to keep doing this? You're about to go over a cart. You understand this? 
You're about to get hurt. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of pain involved real soon. Like, if you fuck this, you're going to get hurt. We need you sober. And she's like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Like, what am I going to? I just have to fall, right? I'm like, no. No, you have to gauge where you're going to fall. Because if you land on your fucking neck, you're going to (laughs) die. Even with the mat, you're going to fucking die. And she was like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And we're like, okay, fine. So I'm sitting there behind the chair, right? Which is, which is hiding the, which is hiding my big ass and hiding the mat. And then the drink cart rolls in and she gets shoved. The first take, she doesn't even go over the cart. She just nails the cart and forgets to fall. Reset. Do it again. She gets shoved again. and doesn't go over the cart. Because she's so fucking drunk, she can't remember to go over the goddamn cart. And she's tiny, so the cart goes up to, like, the middle of her back, right? So she's supposed to hit the cart, go over it, which is, you know, she's supposed to lean back, like, throw her legs. And then the third, I think it was, like, the fifth take, not even joking, of me just sitting there, my legs all cramped up, my back is all fucked up, you know, like, when you gotta, like, roll your back. Yeah. And then finally, the principal actress shoves this chick. And she does hit the cart, does a fucking 360 over, does a whole backflip over the back of the cart. I catch her with the mat, and then she is passed out <sighs> on the mat. So <laughs> she's trying to continue the lines. The, the main actress is continuing the lines, and there's no response. And I'm just sitting here holding <laughs> this poor drunk chick like... <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I mean, what can you do at that point, really? I mean, <laughs> what what happened with what, yours? What, like, what was yours? Her, I mean, oh, she was she was just passed out for like two hours. Like they just <laughs> literally continued to. They worked around that shot where she pops back up and storms out. <laughs> literally shot everything else when she came to. She she did it in one take though, like to her credit. I mean, yeah, good for her. But <laughs> like she got up, like ruffled her dress, threw the fit, and walked out. We were all like. I'm not sure that was acting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she got the shot. You can't knock her for that. I mean, yeah, she did. So, so what was yours? I'm dying to know. Because, like, uh, drinking is pretty bad on set. That That's pretty bad, but this is kind of adjacent. Um, so I wasn't actually really working in the industry at this time. I was in Southern California um, as basically a greaser. I was part of a little punk crew in San Diego. And we had this... A uh, guy come from UCLA down, and he wanted he, he was auditioning for something, and he wanted to hang out with like you know the crew and everything, and like experience what life was like on the streets, quote unquote, you know. And we're like, no, nah, bro, that's kind of weird. We're not gonna do that. And he's like, well, I'll give you five five hundred bucks. And we're like, all right, you can do that. Yeah, come on. So on second thought. Oh yeah. It's okay. So we we seriously like dressed this kid up full greased out gear and all that. And we made we made him pile around with us and it was okay for a couple nights until he comes up to me and he goes, Hey man, where do you think I can get some heroin? And I stop and I look at him like, first of all, dog, nobody says heroin. Like I should smack you right now for saying that to me all out. Like, right. Like that, that's, ridiculous. you just brought both of us a case. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like we're both going down now. And I'm like, saying, well, the fuck do you want that for? And he's like, Oh man, well, this character I'm, I'm auditioning for. And I found out he's, he's got a pretty big 
you don't problem. So I thought I should try it, right? I'm like, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. I'll tell you why. Because nobody just tries heroin. You know? <laughs> it's like nobody nobody does that, you know. This nobody isn't a flavor that. of wings. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking to you. Am I going mild or spicy here? You know, it's, it's not a good idea. And he's like, oh, come on, man. Just hook me up a little bit. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not doing it. But I made the mistake of not telling any of the other guys in the crew, like, hey, this guy's trying to score. We should not help him out. You know, like, yeah, I, don't do that. Yeah, that, that just didn't cross my mind. And we had this little kid with us. I mean, he was like 18 at, at the I was 24, so I was pretty young too. But uh, his name was Nitro. And he was this small and scrawny white kid that you, you imagine when you picture the name Nitro, you know? Yeah. Um, and he ended up hooking this guy up for one reason or another. The next day, we get a call from his manager or his, uh, yeah, his manager, whatever. And he's yelling at me on the phone. He's like, I need to find out like what he took and all this. And I'm like, I don't know, but bro, it's your kid. Like the fuck. It's your boy. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you yelling at us? It it was like, well, we found him this morning overdosed outside the apartment complex. I just put the phone down like nice room and just look at him. He's like, I thought he'd take it, you know? (laughs) I got back back on the phone. I'm like, okay. So um, I talked to everyone. Everyone says nobody sold them anything. So you're good. Click. (laughs) But that was probably my worst experience with the method actor. That's it. Uh, I mean, like, and like I said, like method acting, like I sadly enjoy certain performances like and they're the worst ones you know what i mean not the worst ones like like they're bad no it's the worst ones like the character is so bad butcher bill mm. from gangs of new york bill the butcher bill the butcher oh my god oh my god that performance is just mwah, everything yeah. about it is so and daniel day lewis is the king method acting anyway i mean did you know it for his role in uh Whatever boxing movie that was. Um, oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it's like the boxing movie. Isn't it? He apparently put in so many hours that he could have graduated to an amateur fighting circuit afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and, and like, well, with with, uh, with Bill, uh, he didn't break character. And uh, to show him how ridiculous it was to not break character... Uh, the uh the his co-stars including uh leo uh took him to uh well literally it's called the boxer uh, <laughs> uh leo and uh, the director took him to a steak restaurant a what a steak restaurant oh, a steak restaurant filled with minority waiters <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're like Come on, Bill. Yeah. Say what Go you're ahead, say. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Mike fucking Smith. Welcome to the show. Maybe the first to say that Zach reminds me of a sexy Steve Zinn from 2001's Joyride. Hey, that's a compliment. I'll take that. That's a hell of a compliment. Who, I'm having a hard time picturing who that is, though. Steve Zinn? Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, pull him up. I'm pulling him up. But uh, it was funny just to, just to show him, like... Uh, um like how how fucking uh 
how uh how, how ridiculous it is from uh oh yeah we know steve zan he's uh he's the box ghost uh hold on a sec let me grab some photos here and i'll share the screen I'll, I'll take that. All right. That's Steve. Yeah. Zan. Okay. I, I know Steve Zan. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. It's like an, um, what, what movie am I thinking of? Daddy Daycare? No, before that. It was like one of his first. He he, played, he's been on a lot. He, he's been in shit ton though. He's been in, you got, you got male, modern family, pilot, seahorse from hell. I spy like Mike Pilot. He was in full booth. Wow. Hmm. Not another teen movie, The Hills Have Eyes. Not another was... teen movie. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. He was in The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, yeah. He was the he was the son uh with the remake in The Hills Have Eyes, which I thought was a better movie than the original. Hmm. Uh <laughs> what was it? What the fuck were we talking about before we got before I got sidetracked? I'm not sure. Um, what were we talking about, babe? What were we talking about? Oh, Daniel Day Lewis. So they so they took him to a steak restaurant. Hi, Ed boy. Hi. Where's Gibby? Uh, Gibby is in a power <laughs> outage zone right now. Is what? He's in a power outage zone right now. No, I, I, Ew. I know. He has no power, so he's I, like. I want to be nice to him. That's ah, okay. I want to clarify why he wants to be nice to him. As a power move. As a power move. It's a power move. <laughs> well, he's very much a problem, so you want to have fun with it. Uh, but I mean, like, so, like, like, so, Bill the Butcher was a me- was definitely a method acting. Uh, one of my favorite roles, probably my favorite role from Daniel Day Lewis. And then you also have, uh, let's see, who else? Who else? Like, is a big method actor? Well, I mean, well, uh. What's his name? Venom. Oh, um, gosh, I, I know who you're talking about. I just can't uh, find the name. Tom Hardy. So Tom <laughs> Hardy's a big method actor as well. <clears throat> and uh, his roles, his roles for the method acting that he's done that are some of my favorite are Mad Max, definitely. Uh, I never saw that Mad Max. I feel like I like the first, the original Mad Max so much. You know, uh-huh. I felt like it'd be a bit of a letdown, but it's not. Really, it's not. It's so fucking good, hmm. and it is so ridiculously good because uh, I, I think my favorite testament to the Mad Max uh, Fury Road movie is uh, during one of the director's discussions, which is like what you do pre-run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, where you bring in a whole bunch of people from the industry to watch the movie and discuss it. Somebody stood up in the middle of the in the middle of the screening and screamed at the top of his lungs, "How the fuck did you get that shot?" <laughs> and the guy that did it was Robert Rodriguez. Nice. And after that. the movie was done, <laughs> they got Robert Rodriguez and brought him on stage for the directors talking, and he was just grilling uh, Frank Miller and how he did some of the shots. That's pretty impressive. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, I, I think uh, I think it's fascinating that Frank Miller's wife had some some stuff to do with uh, some of the production as well, which is like why some of it has such a weird um, 
uh, uh, value to it. You know what I mean? Like, like such a, a strange palette or George Miller. I'm sorry, not Frank Miller, George Miller. Uh, mm-hmm. like the, the palette that was chosen for the movie is so good. And, uh, <laughs> it has such a, a weird comical, not, not, not comical, like funny, but comic, you know what I mean? Yeah. It has a comic feel to it and it's very strange and it has a very, uh, it, it took away from the last couple of Mad Max movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when the last couple of Mad Max movies, it kind of became a little campy, a little, uh, a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically. Oh come on, you, you can't say that like with the children of the airplane and stuff like that. No, you know? I, I, <laughs> I understand. I understand how campy that, that is now, but still, ten-year-old me, the first time I saw that shit, I was so on board. I was on board, dog. You could not tell me anything else about those kids. I knew everything about. Yeah, the man who came from the sky. The sky, yeah. <laughs> and the great, the great Mother Goose crashed. I love the, I love those fucking movies, dude. I love them. And when when Fury Road came out, I was, I was like, uh, I was like, man, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But then I I I, I realized that George Miller was going to be making it. I realized that Tom Hardy was going to be taking over for. Uh, for uh uh what's his name um, uh mel gibson mel gibson and that you know <laughs> that that tom hardy tracked mel gibson down in hollywood literally personally and, and asked for his blessing <laughs> <laughs> i mean honestly it's, it's a pretty cool thing to do you know well, well, i mean just imagine how scary that is though like one day you're having fucking lunch and there's this little muscle bound dude who's like five foot nine five foot ten just comes up to you with a heavy british accent and i meant just want to talk to you real fast about something if you don't have, if you have a few minutes yeah that i could see how that could possibly be a little concerning especially after he had just got done doing peaky blinders so he was oh, still yeah. in that he's still in that 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 that, that, that you know, super, out sort of yeah you yeah. know so hey man i just want to talk to you real quick about it <laughs> But roll the half coming up. Oh, bro! I fucking know you. <laughs> Do I know who the fuck are you? My uh, name is Tom Marley. How's it going? Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a strange day. I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, like, <laughs> I mean, so like, he's he's a method actor, but you know, and he only does it for certain roles. And I I think that it does come out very cool. You know what I mean? Uh, somebody who is not a method actor, though, on the complete other opposite end of that is Charlize Theron, really? or Theron, or something like that. And I mean, she, it, it kind of rings true. Her characters have never had too much depth to them. I don't feel. I mean, I don't think so either. But I think that she also has some of the best uh, screen presence. You know what I mean? It's an ass, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and. Uh, uh, my favorite fucking movie with her involved in it so far has still been a million ways to die in the West. I've never, so you, you recommend that movie. Oh, I love that movie. Watch the unedited, watch the unedited version, okay. the, the director's cut or an unedited version. I think it's on HBO max. That one is so much fucking funnier. And it's so much. It's so horribly fucking 
racist and I don't even it's so raunchy, but it's you, so you see why they cut it out, basically. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it, it makes it so much funnier. And uh uh she has this really big laugh, you know what I mean? She has this like really, really big dorky laugh, and she got to she got to actually laugh like herself during that movie. She didn't have to like, oh Hollywood laugh it, yeah. like oh have to be petite and pretty. Like no, she was like she has a one dork, like pig laugh sort of thing. <laughs> oh dude, yeah. She has a big old belly laugh and uh she has this scene with Seth MacFarlane where they get stoned and uh, <laughs> he's, he's he's kind of freaking out. <laughs> and she's just cracking up at him because he's like freaking out that one of the gophers knows that he's stoned and she's cracking up and it's such a wonderful laugh. Um and also she's uh she's like severely dedicated too like for as 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 like her screen presence goes like atomic blonde like the stunts that she pulled on that fucking on that movie on that set i, th I think i missed that one i recommend it yeah yeah if you like john wake if you like those like really brutal like Action, uh, sort of. oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah uh, like La Femme Nikita type stuff. You're gonna oh, yeah. love Atomic Blonde. Uh, has has a weird uh, has a weird feel to it, but I highly recommend it. Uh, The Old Guard is another one she just didn't put a lot of work into, but still came out okay. <clears throat> I think I saw The Old Guard. It wasn't bad. It wasn't I, good. Just middle of the road sort of. Yeah, it was it was definitely forgettable. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I think, um, but I think like like speaking of like old movies, you know, like what we consider camp now is considered like so fucking mind bending back then. <laughs> but, like we have things like Psycho Cop. You know what I mean? Like Psycho, Psycho Cop. Cop. Yeah. What do you mean? Like way back in the day, it was considered like one of the more groundbreaking movies. Oh, now we look like at the it. trope sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Now we're looking yeah. at it like this is stupid. Yeah, but like, but like at the same fucking time, I can't be self-aware enough to not love John Wick and realize how stupid John Wick is. But <laughs> well, no, I, mean, I was there's there's nothing wrong with enjoying campy campiness in any way, shape, or form. You know, it's right. I mean, John Wick as a movie is really it's ridiculous. You know, the, the premise you can't come at me with the premise of legendary badass retires and goes on killing spree because somebody kills his dog and expect me to go into that on a serious mood like I, I, i'm not gonna sit down like ready to fucking detect yeah i mean like i was i was talking with mustard about this the other day when he, you know and he was like john wick is stupid i'm like i know it's stupid but you know what it is it's fucking fun and it's an action movie and it's something we're sorely missing right now yeah because all we're getting is like more steven seagal oh oh god i don't know if you've seen us make fun of him lately but i i, I have not but i feel like i wanted to jump on the bandwagon he's just such an impressive turd really it is. is horrible i love horrible. watching his old aikido videos you know like where guys come at him and he does one of these and they fly over his head and you know like the worst part is that some of some of those moves actually do work in a practical sense 
Oh yeah, I I have a lot of respect for Aikido just because my understanding of it is it's it's used when you lost your sword, right? So it's kind of like a defensive uh, kind of wrestling sort of. No, not okay, at all. No, no. School no. me. It's just bullshit. <laughs> it's just bullshit. It's all bullshit. Really? It's all bullshit. Okay. And uh, the, the the three or four moves that practice that work practically are they come from judo. Oh yeah, and that's yeah, the reason yeah. they work. <laughs> so so he's, he's a black belt in bullshit, basically. He's a black belt in bullshit. Yeah, like like you you never notice that there's no Aikido MMA fighters out there. True, <clears throat> it's like there's no Tai Chi MMA fighters. You know what I mean? No, you got you got wushu boxers. That's those motherfuckers will knock your goddamn jaw into next week. Mm-hmm. You got people that are judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Those are all fucking legit. You know what I mean? Like Ronda Rousey knocked that fucking uh, reporter completely senseless with just a simple judo hip toss. But like, so like, yeah, it's all bullshit. But like, we keep making fun of the movie Sniper Special Ops and how is that? Is that the one where he barely fucking moves at all during the entire movie? Like yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't get up out of his chair. He fires thirty rounds from one rifle, and they use that clip seventeen times in the movie. <laughs> and then he fires, I think, like four sniper shots. Of course. Which none of them would be real sniper shots <clears throat> ever. Like the right. way he uses his rifle and all that, just fucking him. Him against the world. Oh. No, here's here's the first sniper shot he takes. There's some there's some terrorist that has a canteen, and he's he's taking a drink from the canteen. And the first shot that Steven Seagal takes is he shoots the canteen. That's right, not the guy holding it, no, not not the threat. No, he yeah. shoots the canteen. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. I mean, you gotta be badass when you're when you're Steven Skull. But I I love recently uh, how he he fucking he became a Russian citizen or whatever. In yeah, this he, was. Mother, he, he became a Russian citizen, and this motherfucker sat down with Putin, dressed like he just walked out of a goddamn appropriation buffet of a Chinese fucking button up, you know. Mm-hmm. Goes up to Putin, does the whole bow and everything like that. He's sitting across from him, and he's just like, "Yeah, I just want to say how much I, I love Russia and all these people here. They're great. My family's from here. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. Yeah, it's fucking amazing how much of a piece of shit he is. My family's from California. Yeah, right. Come on, bro. Like, it, and his name's not even, and it's not even Seagal. It's Siegel. Yeah, I, I remember hearing something like that. Didn't he? Didn't he claim to fucking train with uh, uh, Bruce Lee at some point? He claimed that he that he sparred Bruce Lee and that no one won. She wasn't even. Little, I mean, were they even in the same countries at the same time? No. Yeah. No, no, like, like, like he he Bruce wouldn't have taken this motherfucker seriously if Bruce was paid to. Right. Like, like, like. <clears throat> on top of that, when, 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 uh, when, uh, uh, 
<laughs> when Bruce does spar people, you know Bruce sparred people. Like yeah. Jack Palance, who was one of Bruce's closest friends for years and years, uh, talked about Bruce sparring people. He said that Bruce never wanted to talk about it because Bruce would hurt people. Like, like one time Jack Palance and him were walking for lunch down the Hollywood set, uh, off of, uh, off of Vine, you know, like the little back, yeah. the little back lot. And, uh, the way you challenge someone in Chinese is that you stand in front of them, you block their path, you cross your arms and you tap your foot three times. I don't know why that's a challenge. I don't know how that equates to, Hey, fuck you. Let's fight. Hmm. But it does. So he does it. And they're in the middle of their conversation, Jack Palance and Bruce and Bruce turns up and he goes, Hold on, I'll be right back. Walks up to the dude. They bow. Bruce asks him again, do you want to do this? The guy's like, fuck you. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> Bruce overwhelms him, knocks the dude down, punches him twice in the skull, and is holding the dude's arms literally across him. And is like, okay, are we done? And the yeah. dude's like, we're done. Yeah. The Bruce picks him up, dusts the guy off, Asks him his name, asks him what he's doing there, asks him what his job on the set is, and then takes him to lunch with Jack Palance and him. Hmm. But just imagine just Bruce Lee, five foot seven, 130 pounds, somebody of average size, like like I, I know you're you're five foot eight, you know, with the jokes aside. Yeah. And <laughs> just just imagine somebody your size, your build, literally getting overwhelmed. And then socked twice in the skull so hard that you're just like, I'm done. Mm, I'm out. I'm him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, even even Chuck Norris, when he says that they fought, you know, he he's always like, well, I don't really like to talk about, you know, yeah. winners and losers. Because I mean, that means you lost. Yeah, you know who bitch. doesn't like to talk about that? Losers. Losers. Yeah. Just come on and say it, dog. It's okay. Yeah. It's Bruce. Yeah. No one's going to be like, oh, yeah. like, it's Bruce fucking Lee. Seriously. No, if anything, I'm just going to be impressed that he's still alive. You know I mean? It, you, you're telling me you actually sparred with the guy and you're here. That's cool. I like it. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, like one time during, uh, one time during the shoot of, uh, Big Boss, right? Uh, the, the Ice Factory movie uh fucking the the his his best friend in the movie was actually in real life hated bruce because that was supposed to be his role and they uh, didn't want to use bruce too much so they kind of stuck bruce as like the quiet antagonist whenever while well, he got the main emotional part and bruce uh you know he got all the action scenes or whatever and the guy came up to the director and they used to have a nickname for him in china called three kicks lee because he only does three kicks yeah. at a time well, that's because the, the method that he kicks from, you know, a little bit of martial arts, he kicks from the hip. Yeah, it's very hard to maintain that. Yeah, in an extended amount of time, it's difficult to keep that going. So they used to call him Three Kicks Lee. So he goes up to the director and he goes, hey, why are you putting Three Kicks Lee in the lead when I'm much better? I have more experience. And the director, one of the Shaw brothers, looks at him and he goes, I'll tell you what, go take one of those kicks. And if you're still standing, we'll talk. And the guy didn't, it didn't click with the guy. So during one of the shoots, he challenges Lee and was like, I don't want you to hold back. You're not going to put me down. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tap out. I'm not going to surrender. So you're going to have to kick my ass. 
and Bruce did. Bruce beat the fuck off the dude. Bruce beat the brakes off this guy. You know, you know the hospital scene where the guy's in the hospital because he got beat up by the gang, right? Yeah, that's because he was in the fucking hospital because he got beat up by Bruce Lee. Hmm, that's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. No, actually, that's wow. Yeah, so like, like when I when I whenever I, I hear like that story of like, well, Chuck Norris sparred Bruce and he he yeah. he, I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, he and they have someone like Steven Seagal come out and claim to have fucking sparred with Bruce Lee is just. I mean, th- there is a sl- a small part of me that kind of respects his hustle, you know, <laughs> because at the end of the day. We're still watching his fucking movies, dog. You know, I mean, like he has to be aware, at least on some level, that what he's doing is a joke. You know, I mean, no, he's really, not. You really don't think so? That, I hope that's the case. I really, I genuinely do. He fucking doesn't. That's just it. He doesn't. This cocksucker thinks he's literally this good. I remember in, in uh, he did an interview I saw where he basically just like mocks all the martial artists, you know. He's he was born in 52 in Lansing, Michigan. Bruce was born in 1940, died in, in 73. And according to Steven Seagal's biography here, uh, he was in his 20s when he was in Japan. Bruce would have never been able to meet this guy because Bruce was already yeah. an American citizen by that time in the 60s. Yeah. I thought that didn't really match up. <clears throat> yeah, no. You guy's a fucking moron. I mean, I enjoy a good, a good fake martial artist as much as the next guy. I mean, I, I like watching the YouTube clips on like a, what is that, the Golden Hand fucking uh, that uh, fake martial artist, the guy who who like oh, pretends yeah. he can, like he, he pretends he has energy coming from his hands and shit like that. And there's a video of him trying to stop someone fucking running towards him and uh, knock the fuck out. Yeah. Oh god, it's great. Uh, or the videos where like people go and challenge like you know Tai Chi or Tai Chi masters and stuff like that. So like like Tai Chi is an actual martial arts. It's the it's the energy people that are the ones that are bullshit you know what i mean welcome dj to the show how you doing brother tired as fuck that's why you just just don't wake up at four in the morning are you kidding i've been up i've been up for the past 36 hours don't do that dude it's money are you i've been telling you for about two years now you ain't no spring chicken, brother. You're 40 years old. You gotta say no sometimes. Ugh, but it's money. Yeah, you gotta say no sometimes, brother. Money. Like, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now you can't fucking remember what day it is. <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do have to say, though, as a Jew, I definitely understand that conundrum to be in, you know? I, I had a I had a I had a Jew joke for the title of the show and I decided to not go with that. Oh, what was it? I'm trying to remember now. Hold on. Oh my god, it was good too. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> what the fuck was it? Hold on. Oh my god. Uh, 
I think it was something like uh, just the Jew of us. Just the Jew. I like that. Uh, I was like, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, we're talking about uh, we're talking about fake icons and fake martial arts icons and how Steven Seagal says that he sparred with Bruce Lee and beat him. So who's who's your favorite <laughs> fake martial artist? Like, who comes to mind for you? Uh, fake martial artist? Yeah, someone who's made a career out of martial arts but really doesn't do martial. I mean, like, wow, that's a somebody who like constantly portrays martial arts in films, and you're just like, yeah. this guy don't know shit. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um... I mean, if I had to pick, would it be Mark Wahlberg? Really? Did he really? portray himself as a martial artist? I I don't think he really considered in his himself. early in his early career stuff like The Big Hit. Stuff yeah. like that. He was he was a fake martial artist. Also, Matt Damon That's is true. also another one who was a fake martial artist. Mm. I feel like Wahlberg leans really heavily into like Boston sort of fucking tough guy Irish thing. So it's like we just assume he boxes, right? Like everyone here just assumes that. I don't know. I've heard I've heard that you know he's gotten into he's gotten into fights on set. Oh yeah, people. I mean he's also racially assaulted people like a lot. <laughs> but I mean, like let, let's go back all the way back here. Hold on. Hold on, here I'm trying to find it. What what about you, DJ? I mean, I mean, I mean, golly, like, I mean. I can't call Steven Seagal fake because he is a legitimate Aikido master. I mean, that's, that is legitimate. Yeah. As we've established, uh, Aikido is bullshit though, but yeah, it, you're it, right. No, it's not bullshit. It's just limited. I mean, it works best if the other person doesn't know what they're doing or like, if you have like, like the size for it, like, you know, if you're a big guy, but if you're already a big guy, you can already do a lot, but you know that you know, that's the problem with Aikido. I mean, I mean, I think it, I think Aikido has the same problems that like Bruce Lee found with a lot of older martial arts. It, it doesn't incorporate enough, you know, no striking yeah. like that. But yeah, like yes, yeah, a, a faker yeah, would be Steven, Carmen. Yeah, like Steven Marshall Seagal and claiming he beat Bruce Lee. Get, 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 oh my God, this guy! Wow, <laughs> like please, the guy ducked out of free. Like, out of fighting Van Dam. Yeah, seriously. Like he, he what? Yeah. So, no, you so, you so, know the story? No, like, I don't. Uh oh you oh you do know? No, I don't. I've yeah, never heard uh it. Steven Seagal, like an interview in the uh, Obsidian Hall. Uh he tried to talk about Steven Seagal about other martial artists who got into uh Oh yeah, I saw movie. that interview, yeah. Yeah, and Steven Seagal was like, I think it's an opinion that he's a martial artist or he's a champion anywhere. And uh and like this is like when you know Van Dam, you know, still had the ego, and it's like, what bitch? Like, yo, you like, you talking shit? So what? Uh, Stallone, you know, yeah. So what Sly, Sly Stallone did was uh, he threw a party and invited both Steven and Van Dam to oh, the same man. party, 
And Van Dam went to confront Steven Skull, like, oh, you think I'm fucking fake? Like, let's go out, like, let, let's literally go outside in the back and we'll fucking sell this, like, you know, uh, straight up. And, you know, and, and Steven Seagal, like, somehow, like, yeah, like, weaseled his way out of the party to leave. And, you know, he, he left, you know, to avoid finding Van Dam. And, uh, and he went to a nearby bar. And Van Damme's like, oh, no, motherfucker. No, you ain't fucking getting away from me. Yeah, and Van Damme followed him to that fucking bar. You know, like, no, like, no, you call me fucking fake. Like, you know, like, you know I'm going to show you how I'm sure I'm, I'm fucking legit. And Steven Seagal being the fucking, uh, you know, master of you know, martial arts that he is, you know, freaking, um, he, 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 he pretty much slithered his way out the back of the bar to avoid fighting Van Damme. Damn. And, yeah, and, and and he and he fucking basically he escaped. <laughs> and this yeah. was three hours. This was three hours of Van Damme chasing him all over Hollywood. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I feel like if that was video, videotaped, it would be to yakety sax, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, and like you know, nowadays Van Dam is tame, and it's like you know, and yeah, he's nowadays Van Dam's all Zen, fucking chill with the world, and his, yeah. his own self-image, and that's cool, yeah. good thing. But back then, no, you know, but dude, to this day, Seagal still talks shit. Seriously, yeah, like it was an interview. It was like so, like. uh like you, like do you still think Van Damme's not a real martial artist and like or something like that? Like the interview, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. And Seagal's like, kind of laugh in your face. <laughs> yeah. And it was like another martial artist. He was like, kind of laugh in your face. Yeah, the big black guy, the big black guy that does all those uh those prison movies. Yeah, um, uh, Michael, Michael J. White, White, I think. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, oh. like, who who is legit? Like, damn, you know that guy is Dude, fucking badass, motherfucker. Like, you know. I he doesn't that. allow his fights to be filmed because they're like, yeah, you can't work with stunt teams no more, homie. You hurt people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and, yeah, and uh, and the thing is, Seagal has a reputation about hurting his uh, his, his stunt right, people for real. That. He's like, they like say like, oh, if they're real martial arts, they could get out of the way like nothing. And Michael J. White interview said, no, he knew better than the fucking hit me. <laughs> yeah, like like no like yeah, he gave that like, he gave that that no bullshit look. It's like no. He could talk shit, but he fucking knew. Yeah. <laughs> Michael J. White is one of the only people I would love to fight in a serious aspect because I'm curious. You just want to see how long it lasts? I want to see how long. I'm like 99% sure he's going to mop the floor with me. All right. And I'm a decent fighter. Right. I, but I'm like he, I'm gonna end up on I'm gonna I'm gonna eat canvas. I know I'm gonna eat canvas. You know you, what I mean? You just want to be there for the ride. I I can understand that one. I can I can really sympathize with that desire. But like 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 Steven Seagal is one of the ones I want to hurt. You know oh, what I mean? That sounds like a lot of fun, honestly. Oh, dude, especially now, dude. He, dude, the majority of his fight scenes nowadays has to he has to sit down. Yeah, we're we're talking about that. Like, the, the, what was the movie? It was fucking uh, Sniper Special Ops. Sniper Special Ops. This entire movie from fucking sitting down. You know, I mean, it's just. I can't. I can't. I can't. Like, like. Uh... Oh yeah, and, and we did watch that film that you know that night, and 
Oh, you watched it? Yeah, we, you we watched, watched it. Sniper Special Ops. Oh my God, please, and, and please, dude, and dude. Like my boss was like, "Yo, dude, he, he watched this, and he was like, oh my God, what the Steven Seagal? What the fuck did you do to yourself?'" Like. They, Jesus, like I love how fucking jet, just unnaturally jet fucking black. All of his goddamn hair is, and just just walks around like he just made out with, with a can of shoe polish. You know, but, it's like it's like that banter black shit. You know, yeah. when it doesn't reflect it's, any light. Unnaturalized <laughs> my hair is just the way. I age backwards. Yeah, as I, I concentrate really hard. Oh uh, yeah. I hate Spanish. No, 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 come on, tell me. Tell me tell me what you thought of it, brother. Please. Oh, dude, dude. Please. Dude, I, I, dude like, I, you know, to, 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 to honest, like, dude, the one thing I had, I literally had to trick myself, like, over and over, is like, dude, he has to be a mercenary. There's no fucking way this guy is in the armed forces. I mean, I know he's in the armed forces in the film, but I had, but I literally had to trick my brain if they can know he's a mercenary. He, he has to be a mercenary. There's no fucking way this guy who weighs 600 pounds, who, you know, who probably like, everyone's cool with it, right? You know, who, who probably has fighter jets like in his fucking like, you know, <laughs> his fucking, in his uh, fucking uh, pockets or some, some shit. Like, is a fucking American sniper. It's like, it's their magazine. He's got like fucking fried chicken and just. <laughs> He's got a subway, you know what yeah, I mean? He sticks it in the magazine, sticks it in the magazine all by accident. <laughs> oh, that's my lunch. Dude, and seriously, dude, there was, I count at least two scenes where he was out of breath just by speaking, like, like a couple of sentences. I was like, is he okay? Or yeah, he dude, seriously, I thought he was going to collapse. Like, dude, did you just run a marathon or something? Somebody's standing by the camera with his fucking inhaler. I love how in every one of his new movies, he has to speak one word of another language just to yeah. prove to us that he's multilingual, you know? It, it, in the stripper scenes, every fucking movie are amazing. I love it. Oh, no, no. There's no stripper scenes in Sniper Special Ops. Oh. But I'll tell you what there is. Man, I'll tell you what there is. There, there, is a, there is a grenade that somehow gets its pin pulled and spoon popped even though it's completely covered with duct tape and it explodes yeah <laughs> oh did you did you did you did you spot the unsuppressed rifle with suppressed rifle uh uh sound effects i no i think i missed it i, I think right I at the it. beginning yeah yeah like dude I think I missed it, or I might have saw it, but I think the rest of the movie was was just so absurd that I, I mean it just kind of got got drowned out over everything, dude. Like I, I counted, dude. I think I counted the amount of scenes where Steven Seagal was actually on his feet. I think there was three. Five. Wait, huh? There was five total scenes, and three of them were played uh, twice. Yeah, because I, I mean, know they keep using the same clips of shit. Uh huh. Yeah, and, and, and do his body double, dude. Like, <laughs> dude, that guy has to have. Dude, that guy has to has to have to have the easiest job in the damn world. I, I mean, dude, all he has to do is speak and just walk. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's an easy paycheck. 
I just, I truly, I mean, honestly, it's just so impressive to me that he can still do this bullshit. And yet we still watch it. You know, I mean, even just for comedic effect, it's just great that we're still watching this bullshit. Uh, Yeah, I mean, as much as it's crazy, he still has, he still has his fans. Yeah, it is. As long as you turn your mind off before you fucking see any any of his movies, they're still pretty terrible. They're objective. Let, let's let's yeah. let's watch a watch a scene, shall we? Let's watch a scene from Sniper Special Ops, and it's not like he can come after us because you know he doesn't even own this company anymore. <laughs> By the way, this guy's Mexican. He's playing. He's playing an Afghani. Clearly. Oh, okay, so number one, what rec- what what reticle is that? What what the fuck are we looking through? The Seagal now? I don't I don't know because like like look, down here down here this is this is this is prison from a red dot site. Mm-hmm. This is the housing of a red dot site, mm-hmm. and then Literally. somehow somebody edited in. This yeah. And by the way, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's the reticle. All right, so that that was that was the rifle. That's that's the reticle we're supposed to be looking through. Yeah. <laughs> A red dot sight <laughs> with the with the crosshairs. On. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. And he's got the rifle so high. Yeah. Oh yeah, these motherfuckers are all like a hundred pounds overweight to be any kind of military. Yeah. Except for maybe uh, Van Dam. Look at him. Mm-hmm. There it is again. Look, 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 look. That's the reticle we're supposed How? to be looking through. Where is he holding that? Wait for it. Wait for it. There it is. What? What? What just happened? Yeah, and nobody's reacting. Everybody just runs away. What? Oh, I, I don't what? know what to. What am I supposed to? Oh no! Oh no! He has After Effects. <laughs> there it is. Like, like this is this this is the firing that's played. I think seven different times during the movie of of Steven Seagal. Everybody else. Was that a five-round clip? Yeah. No shit. Right. Yeah. Like, like right there. What the fuck is he firing at? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How is she the one that's handling weapons better than anybody else in this movie? I got him. What? Yeah, don't yeah. Oh, now you go for cover. Yeah, yeah, right. No shit. Like like <laughs> hold on, if I stand next to this car, they won't hit me. <laughs> I love how no one instructed him how to hold that. Like, there's no fucking. Hey, Seagal, you want to reload like these other guys doing? I mean, at least nope. they're. No, nope. <laughs> they're just going to play the same clip over and over again. Like. Hi, Arikano. Yeah, she's handling the weapon better than anybody else in this fucking scene. And it's. <sighs> 
It's 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 garbage. It's a garbage fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this his latest film? No. No. There's oh. there's one that's much worse that came after this. Oh my god. Much worse. Machete came after this, I think. Jeez, you know. I'm trying to find one. I mean, like I said, like, <clears throat> I, like I said, after watching the Sniper, I had to go back. Like I said, and I and I rewatched you know his early films. You know when he had budget behind him, and uh, he was in something as early some, as some of his new stuff. Twenty nineteen a lot of budget though. I mean, honestly, you know that's true too. Like you know. Surprising amount of budget sometimes goes in these newer films. I'm not gonna lie. And you gotta wonder how much that goes just to Seagal because I, you know, they were fucking splurging on special effects, you know. So, <laughs> oh no, he, mm. he like, trust me, the credits often you gotta when... wonder what his writer even looks like, honestly. Just the ridiculous, no, he writes them, he writes them all, really. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he he, he makes sure that in the opening credits it says at least two or three times: writer Steven Seagal, director <sighs> Steven Seagal, written by Steven Seagal, screenplay by Steven Seagal. Like it's one of the jokes that we that we took, like DJ and I took for one of our mock characters. No, I, I meant like his writer as like what he requests for like him to be on stage. Or oh, like, a writer. Yeah. Oh, fuck, bro. Yeah, I can't even imagine the ridiculousness of that fucking request. Oh, God. I don't know. There there was one in 2019. That's his latest one called, what is this? Beyond the Law. With Steven Seagal, Johnny Messenger, or Messner, DMX, Zach Ward, and Bill Cobbs with James Cullen. Oh, DMX. Oh, DMX. You deserve better. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> I don't want to see this. No. I see usually, I'm, usually there's some morbid curiosity of mine, but I don't want to see any of this. Come on, let's see a clip. All right, all right, hold on. Let me... Oh, my gosh. What is Steven Seagal doing these days, anyway? Is he still... He's like, Russian? You know, He's yeah, I, I heard about that. Like, yeah. Uh, he became a Russian citizen. Conspicuously after he was facing uh, the sexual assault charges. Oh my god, he can't even afford his own fucking music. Who is that he's starring with? He can't even afford a voiceover. Is that fucking DMX? Yep. Oh man, I feel so bad. This is his last movie. <laughs> yeah. Not the way to go out, dog. Seriously, I mean, okay, oh yes, right. They did, uh, I guess I can understand DMX working with Stigall. They they did that. What was the Exit Wounds? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, and Exit, yeah. Exit Wounds was actually pretty well received. I thought. Yeah, it is. You yeah. know, it's actually a decent film. Right. But man, talk about a step back. Beyond the law. 
<laughs> gotta love wow, that. Wow, wow, wow. Did you out. see that? Like the other guy's literally firing. It's the guy's like, oh, what is, whatever. Fuck physics. <laughs> the composition is very. Everything was very off, Arikado. What palette was that? What palette was that? What the fuck was it? It's remarkable, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he woke up the budget for that movie. It's actually pretty Two point five million. What? Two point five million dollar budget. And how much did he make? Doesn't say. This stuff goes directly directly to DVD. How much did against so. the law make in movies? <laughs> Yeah, two point five million. It does not say how much it made. Oh, beyond the law is what it's called. Beyond the law. How much did the Steven Seagal movie Beyond the Law make? Wow. And that's not even a that's that's a score from another movie. What it movie doesn't want to answer. From? It's like, no. Why are you making me look this? Stop. Up? Stop! You have so much questionable shit in your search history. Don't have no, this. There's no fucking way. What? How much? It's not. It's not possible. What? Okay, so estimated domestic DVD sales was thirteen thousand nine hundred nine dollars. Combined with the total estimated domestic video sales, which is also about thirteen thousand dollars. So $26,000. I guess that explains why how he lost his company. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's a hard pill to swallow, man. It costs more than that to get DJ naked. As it should. Really? I mean. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. God, I mean, like, yeah that, that explains it. Like, honestly, okay, you know what? It's not so much that this, I guess this is probably most likely the reason why his co- company uh, fell because you know that you know that abysmal uh, gross. I'm more surprised it took this long. That's not his company anymore. He exactly, didn't make that's that. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. This is probably the reason why because of that uh, that terrible that's, return. That's a that's worse than a bad return. That's like if the movie didn't get made. Might as well, right? I mean, no, no. His his company is Steamroller Productions. Hold on, Steamroller. Huh? Steamroller. I love that. Congrats. It ended it in two thousand two. Hmm. Oh my god. What was up? <laughs> okay, so here it is. Steamroller <sighs> Productions is an LA-based production company started by Steven Seagal in nineteen ninety. When Jules Nasso and Steven Seagal became partners, it was known as Seagal Nasso Productions between 94 and 2000. This partnership ended in 2002 after Nasso was arrested by the FBI and subsequently charged for extortion of Seagal when he served uh, 10 months in prison. Oh, the, uh, that must have been the, uh, the, uh, the mafia thing. Part of it, looks like. <laughs> Wow. Who's the winner? So he's, his company's been gone for 21 years. His company's been dead long enough to drink. Wow. <laughs> 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 okay. 
<laughs> it's going to dead long enough to drink. What the? F- what, what kind of? Fucking- <laughs> you're welcome. Now you're gonna, now you're gonna, now you're gonna measure everything like that. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, oh, he's, dead. he's been dead enough to drink. This government has been dead so long that Leonardo DiCaprio wouldn't go out with it. No shit, Leonardo DiCaprio oh. would not date his company. Oh, dude. Oh, what really is he really like that? Like, oh yeah, that way, that way really? Oh yeah, his fucking uh, his girlfriend or whatever just turned to a new one, I think, something like that. I don't know. He breaks up with these chicks, like. No, it's been a long time girlfriend though. It's, I mean, it was getting a little sketch at one point. I know that. I think his latest girlfriend's like twenty four. Right, but they started dating a couple of years ago or something. When she was like twenty. Yeah, so he was like probably in his late forties and she was twenty. How old is Leonardo DiCaprio? He's got to be fifty, I think. I like how the, 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 his uh, his upcoming credited his his for Inception and not Titanic. I bet you he paid to have that changed. <laughs> uh, he's seventy four. He was born in seventy four, so he's fifty. Forty nine. Forty nine. Really? Huh. Yeah. It's getting up there. Huh. I thought he was. <laughs> And he's tall. He's six feet tall. Didn't know that. Really? Yeah, I thought he was much shorter. I always thought he was a short dude. I don't know why. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's Titanic. Everybody looks short. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're when you're standing next to Billy Zane, who's like six four. No, that too, that too. I hate Billy that. Zane. So I wonder what he's doing these days. Billy Zane? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hold on. He's probably just chilling, just like, <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. Honestly, at some point, I feel like I would just stop working. You know, I mean, like, yeah. be like Rick Moranis. Fuck yeah, exactly. I mean, truth be told, like, you make millions off these movies. Just do a few movies and just invest the money, and you're fucking good. I mean, after a while, he's been like... doing a lot of bad stuff. Who? What? Zane. Bad oh, stuff boy. like legally bad or like bad productions? Bad productions. Okay. Oh. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you meant like Robert yeah, Downey, we Robert Downey Jr. in the nineties bad. I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Leave RDJ alone. Uh hell no. Look, <laughs> I know he's beloved now, but I will never forget his stint in the nineties. That is some of the most entertaining shit in the world. <laughs> I I love how whenever he's asked about that, he just kind of sheepishly admits that it was a fucked up time. He's like, yeah, I did like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it really was. Yeah. I mean, even as a kid, I would read about it. I was like, this guy's alive. <laughs> I, I, I will admit, when I first, I mean, growing up in the nineties and everything, especially in in LA at the time. Uh, when I was kind of like on the outside looking into Robert Downey Jr.'s life, mm-hmm. I wanted to be him in so many fucking ways. I looked up to that motherfucker. You know, right? Like, dude, this guy is so, like, yeah, this guy is perhaps one of the luckiest sons of bitches in Hollywood history. And this is why I told, like, when De- when Dem is like, oh, I told him, he's like, dude, he's playing Iron Man. Deadman was like, uh, dude, no. Like, Pop was like, dude, dude, no, this is fucking perfect. 
if they go with the demon and the bottle, Tony Stark, mm-hmm. this is this is Robert Downey Jr. playing Robert Downey Jr. This is perhaps the perfect role for him. And, and this that's is before, what they did. Yeah, this is before we knew what arc he was playing. And when the first preview came out, we saw that he was a, a drunk and he was doing the 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 the, the it, it was the it was the caravan scene. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's like, What ask ask God, come on, feels like I'm in prison. And he's like, can I get a picture? He's like, yeah, sure. Don't do not do that. And he goes, no, no, peace. That's what we're here for. And I'm like, it is the demon in the bottle. It is the drunk Tony. I'm like, okay, so the, yeah, okay. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I mean. I'm in. Like, DJ's, <laughs> yeah. DJ's had to change my mind on several actors playing roles. Um, For instance, the most famous one, and now it's his fault, and I'm obsessed with it, is uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm-hmm. Really? It's, yeah, it's it's DJ's fault. For anybody who's watching or listening to this after the fact, it's DJ's fault. I'm obsessed with Heath Ledger playing the Joker. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, because the thing is, is that he's like, oh, Heath Ledger playing the Joker, and like you know all that other stuff. And I and I had to I had to remind him on several examples. I was like, dude, never fucking underestimate a good actor, because uh, like one example is uh, Michael Keaton playing Batman. You know, before he was Batman, he was known he was known as a comedy guy. Yeah, and I was like, oh, like all that stuff, and then all of a sudden, bam! You know, he, you know, he's fucking Batman. Another example is uh, Jim Carrey. Like, yo, know, Jim Carrey's like, oh, I'm like, I'm the crazy guy. And all of a sudden, the fucking Truman Show. Holy shit, that was a fucking good film. That's a good point. You know, yeah, it's like I had I had to tell him, I like, give him some examples. Like, dude, never underestimate a good actor. It's, it's true. I I can't really think of any times where I've been, you know unpleasantly surprised like mm-hmm. uh, where someone who normally does comedy it tries to go serious and it doesn't really pan out like uh adam sandler for one is uh, like i didn't really care for spanglish and the more serious stuff he did i felt it was very forced and it wasn't really him you know which is nothing wrong with but mm-hmm. i think uh adam sandler Everybody talked about uh, what is it, diamonds? What, what was it? Oh, but I li- I like that one. Though. I like bullet diamonds. What was it? Or no, uh, uh, uncut gems. Uncut gems. Oh, there it is. Uncut gems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone talked about uncut gems, and I saw it, and I was like, okay, I understand the Tarantino dialogue. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. It, I, I think it was like at one point the most used f word movie like 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 the most fucks in a single movie belong to that movie and i was like i get it i, I get the shock i get the shock language but holy shit dude god damn it right two lines and uh it, it him, can get a bit taxing especially when you know tarantino's one fucking calling the shots well no what, what i mean by tarantino dialogue is um <laughs> uh tarantino much like much no, like, like I, I, I it's mean, nonsensical. I, yeah. It's nonsensical. Like or much like Megan. It's very forced. Almost like a um, a white guy in a Spike Lee movie is a good, is a good yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect example. Perfect example. But I did, I did really appreciate the the idea that he embraced his age. First of all, embraced yeah. his, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, his Jewishness. Yeah, you know what I mean. Very hard to do. I, I will not. I will not be the first to admit that, uh, especially on camera, because as, as much as Jews joke about being Jewish and everything, when it comes down to really di- tapping into that dynamic and bringing that out on camera, 
is very stripping. You know, it's very, uh, it, it hits a sensitive spot to really play into that. Especially without giving into tropes. Yeah, without becoming a stereotype in general. I mean, like, uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what's his name? The one that, um, the, 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 uh, holy shit. Like, I had his fucking name. You're not thinking of Mel Brooks, right? No, no, I was thinking about <laughs> I'm Brooks. I'm just going down the list of famous Jews, so. No, um, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, his brother. Oh. Oh, dang. I, I, Harvey mm. Gleason or something like that? Harvey? It was a shade, too, because I... I love that guy, but I, but I forget his name. So, all oh time. God, I I know him, I know him, but I can't think of his fucking name. Hold on, I'm getting there. Hold on. But like, like, where you met DJ? But like him, he's he's he is like. When you talk about like this, Sorry. yeah, Har- Harvey Fierstein. So when you talk about like the stereotypical Jew on camera, that's him. Yeah. So without going full. You know, oh my god, full Jew, you know, you yeah, know, without, you know oh my god, about. let's let's go get some Schmitz out, you know, like, like, without going, yeah. without going full that, seeing Adam Sandler like embrace the idea that he is a Jew and not a dude from California, like he's done most of his career, it was kind of, uh, it was, it was a bit of, it was a bit of a shock, it was a bit of a culture shock, I'm not gonna lie. And you know, seeing him like that, I was like, wow, about fucking time, it only took you 30 years, you know, 40 years. Well, I think yeah, what we yeah, see now is kind of the progression of, it, of his career where he's more comfortable doing what he would really want to do as opposed to what he might need to do, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah sure. Like, the, only, the only other time I've actually seen him embrace his Jewish heritage was in the movie uh, Eight Crazy Nights. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll, have to, I'll probably say this about this subject. The time that he's coming up in his acting career, it was still not very cool to admit that you were Jewish on a public scale. I mean, like, you remember when he did the Hanukkah song for the SNL? That was, like, a huge thing. And I can remember, as, you know, being a little Jew, that was amazing. Everyone knew about it. It was so cool. But uh, now the time has moved on in a big way. I think that we're seeing a big... Uh, an availability of that being able to be tapped into and be okay and be brought out more more. I I think honestly what it is is the the difference in presentation. For instance, Rob Schneider. We've always known Rob Schneider's a, a Jew. You know what I mean? He's 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 always yeah. been that, but uh you know, it, it wasn't until he was way later in his career i think like his last one of his last like five movies where he was actually uh talking about it you know what i mean and like the mm-hmm. idea that he had to play he had to play a role and he was like whether they were like well is this a stretch for you and he was like no i'm jewish <laughs> and they were like oh right <laughs> which, which one was it hold on it was well, uh, I mean, it is one thing that you kind of have to overcome a little bit is and I'm sure you you know this in the industry or whatever. Uh, you just typecast it a lot. Sandy so, Wexler. That's the that's the movie I was thinking of. What was it? Yeah, Sandy Wexler. That's the ah. movie I was thinking of, where he had to kind of like embrace being Jewish. And then it right. was a Happy Madison movie, of course. But uh, as I was saying, I think there's a real fear that uh, 
if I lean into this, if I show my Jew flag, if I let my J flag fly a little too much, this is the only sort of role I'm ever going to get, you know? And uh, I can some somewhat sympathize with that. So, yeah, no, and uh, it's, um, it's the same thing with it's, it's and, it, and it's and it's not an exclusive experience to uh Jewish people. I yeah. mean, you have Oscar Isaac who is now up and coming in the ranks, and you know, he's Hispanic. Mm-hmm. You know, you have everybody's daddy right now, Pedro Pascal, who embraced his fucking Hispanic heritage and name, but he doesn't, he's played one Hispanic type character, and that was in Narcos. And the rest you know, of the time, he played another one like in his real early, early career. I remember that it was like seventies. It's a it's a real weird movie. Uh, I know he was in a, uh, I know he was in a, a Buffy, and he was an American kid. I think this was a Spanish movie. I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, hold on. I know, I know exactly which one. It was, it was. A, it was a bad horror movie, if I remember correctly. Uh, no, no, no. It was a TV series. Uh, hold on, hold on. God damn it! I know which one it is. Oh fuck! As soon as I see it, I'm gonna be like, "That's the one." Uh. No, you are right. No, I was right, and you're right too. It is a, it is, uh, it was a TV series, and it is a horror. It was called Lights Out. Lights Out. That's right. I love that. And it was uh, Omar Asarin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest of it, he's been kind of just playing the Hispanic types, but never a Hispanic character. I mean, I love him in, him in The Last of Us, honestly. Oh, playing Joel, I think he's yeah. amazing. I, th- I think he's amazing as Joel, and the idea that he, they don't, uh, they don't, they don't, they don't let, they don't stick him to the, and that's what I'm talking about, is like right now we're in this renaissance where anybody can play a role, and you know what I mean. It's we don't have to stick them in the ethnic group of what they are, like Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac is going to play Snake from uh, Metal Gear Solid. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, really? Oh man. What? Uh, I, I mean, I, I like did- that. I want David, wanted David Hayer to play Snake. He's a bit long in the tooth. Yeah, he could he could pull off. He could play old Snake. So, or maybe Big Hayer at Snake. I like that for some reason. I, I like that a lot. Oh man! Oh come on! The guy wanted to play uh, Snake for so long. A live action. Yeah, <laughs> it's right here. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. Solid Snake is in pre-production. Oscar Isaac is the one with that thick accent, right? He has a bit of an accent, not a lot. He plays Poe Dameron in yeah. uh, Star Wars, yeah. so he has a touch. He has a touch of an accent, like mm-hmm. it's it's there, but you know he can get rid of it like pretty easily. Okay, help me out with this. Who's that guy? He does a lot of voiceover work um, in like in Metalocalypse. Uh, he's the the guy who sounds like this in all of the. The Mark Hamill? Members. What? Mark Hamill? No, not Mark Hamill. Um, I've seen him. Uh, Goddamn, is that, if that's Mark Hamill. I'm gonna shoot myself on on this fucking screen. That's gonna happen. But uh, <laughs> that fucking show, dude. I, I to, to this day, I don't know what to think of that damn show. 
It's amazing. It's, it's a terrible show that it it's ended. Cra- it's crazy. It's so awesome. It's, I it's, do cocaine. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doctor Roxo, the rock and roll count. Well, which uh, which character is it? Like, um, it's a he's, he's a high priest. I know that he's like the high priest. High priest. The high priest, death, the sugar church, death clock, or whatever. Hmm. I don't know, DJ. I don't know. I really don't. It bother me. I think what's that? I think what's that show ended? I just kind of just put it out of my mind because I had to for my own sanity. <laughs> so I'm really disappointed how that show ended. I, 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 I don't even know. I think they. Tried oh, to, uh, you mean the guy that's in the government? The guy that talks like this all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Wait, wasn't the guy who always conspired against uh, Deathlock for? Uh... That was uh, that was Malcolm McDowell that plays him. Really? I don't yeah. believe it. Yeah, Vader Olog, the guy. Yeah, yeah, Vader Olog, yeah. Yeah, that's Malcolm McDonald, the guy that talks like this all yeah. the time. Yeah. What we know about Death Clock. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. That's that's uh, Malcolm McDonald. I believe it. I, I fucking believe it. Nice, nice. Oh, yo. I'm really glad I don't have to commit suicide in this life. <laughs> there you go. I, I am very happy too. Please don't. I was really looking forward to that. So. Bloodrecuted. <laughs> Bloodrecuted. Yeah, and of course I can do all their stupid fucking voices. Yes, you can. God damn it. Uh, but Mark Mark Camel is like my fucking like he is the messiah of voice acting. So I mean, like he's a so, surprise. So would you say he's your favorite voice actor of all time, hands down? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all time, yeah. I gotta um, admit, he he was he was a surprise for me when I realized you know when I realized the world. the range and everything. Yeah, you know, I was like, he's the, that's the Joker. You serious? Like, and it, 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 it was like like I said for like three years i was wrapping my head that this was the joker like mark hamill luke skywalker the 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 paragon of virtue and the light side and and the jedi is the fucking joker (laughs) it'd be so sad i'd cry if i could instead i'm just going to laugh at you here i go You, you know, and like, and he, and he does like these little uh, things like all the time. Like, like a fan said, Mark Hamill, do a see, like, like do a voice actor scene where Luke Skywalker realized that the Joker is his father. And he does it like literally right, right on the spot. I was like, yeah. I saw YouTube and you could find it, but like, dude, like, it's I know just... it's, it's an IGN clip. We can't play it. Oh, oh, damn. That sucks. Yeah. You know, and. He's like, no, I am your father. <laughs> and then like he has to do the he has to do he and he sends it too. He sends the mark uh he sends the Luke Skywalker. It's impossible. No. Like I'm like, God damn, he sends it a hundred percent every time. And I'm like, Jesus fuck, dude. But I mean like how like his there's so many, right? There's so many people you don't realize are voice actors, and like, but like on notoriety alone, yeah, Mark <laughs> Hamill. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, of course, I have like, dude, like Mark Hamill is like one of my top ones. Like, I have my favorite voice actors like all the time, like like Peter Cullen, who mm. like who who him and freaking Frank Welker were were pretty much the voice actors of the of eighties cartoons. <coughs> I love them to death. I mean, it still it, it it still blows my mind that Peter Cullen is fucking uh murky from uh rainbow bright <laughs> you know like that, that freaking high-pitched mm. little freaking gremlin gray gremlin yeah. guy like it, it still blows my, like that's peter Cullen. i thought that was uh, some other dude like that's that's, peter, no, no. That, that's fucking optimus prime <laughs> playing this little fucking annoying <laughs> short fucker and i always love i always love murky but then again, I always past love, him jim cummings <clears throat> who yeah jim cummings is Pretty much like the voice actor of the, of the '90s, like uh, he's Pooh Bear. He he's he's the, he's a replacement. Any, anytime anybody has to sing, and they can't do it, they bring in Jim Cummings. Yeah, hmm. like dude, he's fucking. I think he's he's Darkwing Duck. Yeah, yeah. He, he's Nega Duck. Dude, Jim Jim Cummings has played like a lot of roles. I think he was also the singing voice of uh, of uh, 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 Scar of um. Uh, Anastasia, the bad guy. Uh, yeah, 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 Rasputin. Yeah, Rasputin. Yeah. Yeah, but like Jeremy Irons is another one that I just love his voice, his timber, especially you know, a scar. You know, you I know love I mean? Jeremy, Jeremy Irons, period, as an actor, because the thing is, he always plays roles, especially during the time that no one had the balls to play. Like uh, Hans Gruber's Nazi brother, you mean? You know, uh, one of my favorite films of his is actually M. Butterfly. Where he, he he plays as that 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 French ambassador who gets tricked by a gay Chinese uh, spy, and and dude during the like during the like early nineties like dude you're playing you're like you're playing a gay, like you know like you 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 being tricked by a gay guy what's wrong with you but he was like no let's fucking do it oh, it's a movie fuck you mm-hmm. but, I mean like Jeremy Irons though like like one of his one of his like, like Scar Scar is iconic. Yes, so he is. the voice actor problems or whatever, what do y'all think of the whole Justin Roiland situation? Uh, I mean, um, that, was like, this, that was something what, we wanted to get into. I wanted to get into, but DJ wasn't here last week. Okay, um, wait, 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 what's the situation? He was accused of sexual assault, and false imprisonment, a whole bunch of litany of shit on yeah. his ex-girlfriend. But then the case was dismissed outright because of severe lack of evidence. So because of that he was essentially canceled he lost his job with adult swim and several other people but he, he got proven innocent so uh that's kind of the issue though he didn't get proven innocent i mean i'm just saying from a, from a legal point of view yes what happened was they dropped the case because they didn't have enough evidence but from the public's perspective we didn't get to see him go through a fucking case and all that bullshit just to you know and get declared innocent, you know. Hmm. So well, here's the here's a problem with the legal process. You go to court, that means that they have enough to indict you. Oh, absolutely. He never got indicted. He he was charged officially. No, I, I agree. I'm just saying the average person doesn't understand. Understand that. Yeah. So he got canceled, which is what yeah. the main issue is. However, uh, looking at this, I'm like, if there was enough to well, because it was enough to charge him, which we, we, we all know that charging someone is not the same as indicting them, which is not the yeah. same as taking it to a jury. So they charged him with this, which, you know, I mean, you and I, DJ, could all we could all be charged with something that would, you know, is inevitably dropped because of lack of evidence. I mean, yeah. 
I could say that I could say that Zach tried to saw my foot off one night while he was high on yeah, cocaine. Right, and, yeah. well, and that's just it, right? I could call the cops. They're going to charge you for mm-hmm. assault, attempted dismemberment, whatever. Then they're going to come back to me for discovery, which you know and I know is the lawyers going, well, let's piece together the evidence for you attempting to saw my foot off. <clears throat> okay, during discovery, what do we have? Nothing. There is no evidence. You, you've been in you've been in where you're, where you're at. I'm, in, I'm a thousand miles away. There is no fucking physical way in hell or, you know, there's no travel records. There's no gas receipts or anything else during discovery that comes up that could even remotely <clears throat> prove that you were in the same state as I am trying to saw my foot off. So yeah. therefore, this, the, the case itself would be dismissed, which means that there was absolutely nothing in discovery to actually convict you or indict you on. And I mean, this kind of happened to me in my life. I mean, if you were to Google or, you know, find, find my, my criminal record, you'd find a charge of public indecency because I got charged with that as part of the deals I make me talk. I ended up sitting out the case through court and just waited my time in jail. They ended up dropping that charge because I was like, all right, where's the camera footage, you know? So yeah. I, can, I can understand how frustrating it is because it's still on my record that I, I was charged with it, you know, right. which sucks. But uh, I can understand the uh, stigma and everything behind carrying that. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that I know, I know a lot of people are like, well, he wasn't proven innocent. He wasn't proven innocent. I'm like, that is being proven innocent. Yeah. That is. When, when your case is dropped, you are proven innocent. This isn't like Amber Heard and Johnny Depp where it's he said, she said bullshit. But this isn't, you know, look, <laughs> I, I have like discovery, discovery when the lawyers started looking through Johnny Depp's shit and started looking through Amber Heard's shit. They were like, okay, we have enough here to take this to court, to take this to trial for a judge or jury to look at. There is discovery here, so therefore we have to take it to this level if he was smart i feel like he would charge an ex-girlfriend for filing a false police complaint or try to sue her at least you know just to that, that that muddies that muddies things up that muddies things up because he still has a lot of shit on him because yeah. he is he's an edge lord and this is something mustard and i were talking about personally the guy's an edge lord so he says fucked up shit all the time and where the humor and the, the 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 humor and and uh, and uh, uh, reality, yeah, you know what I mean. At what at what time is he self identifying? Right. You know what I mean. So, it's 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 a it would not be a good look. To, I can to, I can understand that. Uh, the, yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's true. And people need to remember, like, remember, like, in the end, the way our court system works is the very first thing they say: you're innocent until you're proven guilty. guilty. Yeah. And anyone who's been through the prison system can tell you how much that is bullshit. <laughs> oh yeah, and trust me, I, I've studied law. I, it's 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 a difficult fucking thing to do. But you know this this case was was what four years in the making, and discovery as as you know as you know Zach discovery. Oh no, DJ, you know too. Discovery is the first year, mm-hmm. and if if they have to extend the investigation to year two, year three, year four. That means that they're not finding anything. Yeah, that's true. And they have to start clutching at straws to say, hey, okay, well, we have this weird DM or we have this weird 
radio or we have this weird fucking whatever, but it's not enough to go to court. It's not enough to go to trial. It's not enough to bring in an investigator or the cops. So discovery, discovery is a hell of a thing. And I don't think a lot of people know that, especially when legally speaking, legally speaking, discovery is your life is laid bare. You're right. Everything you've ever done, every DM you've ever sent, every fucking chat you've ever been a part of, it's all laid bare. And if they did that to him, which I guarantee they did, and they didn't have enough to take it to court or to convict him or even indict him, then there's a problem. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a good point. I do, I do think it's kind of unfair that, uh, you know, there's there hasn't, as far as I've seen, any attempt on adults from this point or side to, like, recontact them or whatever. I mean, I think that's a bit fucked up. They might, but I guarantee you if they do, it's going to be real quiet and a little bit further down the road. Right. Which brings us to the question, what's going to happen to Rick and Morty? That's going to go on. But who? Who would you cast? Who's your cast? Well, we got that one guy from TikTok who does Morty perfectly. Oh, that's right. Okay. So who's going to do Rick? I don't know. I, I have no idea. Uh, Royland, Royland kind of cornered the market by casting himself. Yeah. Which is kind of a genius move. Like, you can't make you this without that, me. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, there's 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 a million impersonators out there, especially on TikTok. I mean, Royland himself pointed out the guy on TikTok that does Morty, uh, and said that if I'm ever gone, I want that guy to take over. Uh, he can't do Rick, but you know he does Morty perfectly, and he does Mr. Meeseeks perfectly, and he does uh, Squanch uh, perfectly. So, mm. you know, there's there's literally four characters that Royland does replace. The main one is Rick. Yeah. And Rick is a difficult voice to pull off because it's Royland's voice with a bit of grit and drunkenness to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And like while while Morty is affected, oh geez, Rick. Oh God. Hmm. Oh, oh like that's a, that's affected. But uh, but uh, Rick Rick is uh he's a uh, he's he's just Royland's voice just added with a little bit of grit and a little bit of little know, bit I love you, Beepo. You know, like so it's <laughs> that's the harder one to do. Just like, just like any voice that's and affected, it's, it's more subtle. Way more subtle. Just like any voice that's affected, you can easily do. Uh, Negan's voice. Negan's voice is not Jeffrey Dean Morgan's voice. It's affected, so mm -hmm. I can do it the same way Jeremy Irons does. Scar. Scar is affected. You know. Oh, Simba! Look what you've done. Mm -hmm. Run, run away! I've never, never, never really back. thought of it like that. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, because when you affect a voice, you get rid of cadence because you have to, what makes a person's voice or a personality, most of it is cadence. That's why whenever you hear an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonator, they always go over the top and he's always screaming and it's always Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's not how Arnold talks. Arnold is a very subdued man. He yeah. talks very quietly. His accent is slightly affected. You know, he has a bit of rasp to it because he smokes cigars. He smokes stogies. But it's not very over the top, you know? So almost anything that's affected, you can do. It's people's natural voice and cadence that's difficult. Hmm. Like like DJ has a voice I can't imitate. I can't imitate DJ's voice at all. Same thing with, same thing with you, Zach. I couldn't imitate your voice. 
I don't think anyone could do your voice, to be honest. I have a I weird think voice. If I heard someone do your voice, I'd be very upset. Yeah. Probably uncomfortable. Yeah, you have to have like a very specific talent to uh, yeah. mimic someone's voice. Like, very, like, like a, it's a talent only a handful of people out in the world. Like, I feel when, when Chucky gets out and everyone actually meets him and he starts talking and every, everything, I honestly feel people are going to be impressed with how much I dialed his fucking accent back. Like, that's, I really believe that. Like, because I, I had people say, like, you know, when he's out, people are going to see that he's real and I'm not like that. I'm like, bro, darn. You, you ain't even got to stress about that. Right? He's a lot more. Let me see here. Let's, uh, let's bring it up here. Where was the. Let's do this. Where's where's uh where's the good one? Um of a Chucky one? Yeah. Let's see. Uh probably uh scroll down a little more. Or scroll scroll up, I mean. Up, up, up. Yeah. Um the one so down to down to the left one. That one. No, no, over, over to the right. Right. There you go. You had it before. Listen. No, the one in between those two. The one that the one with the box on top. <laughs> the one with the question. Listen. Oh god damn it. To the left. Oh my god. Hold on. You can do it. I know. I'm trying so hard. Just go up one. Oh. There, that one on the right. This one. No. Yeah. Yes. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, okay. Hold on. It's because it's because the fucking cursors aren't the same. All right. So. Go to the right. Listen. Go to the right. And All right. So I have to click on this one. On oh yes, Penguin was definitely that funny. He made a lot of conversations just wonderful. In fact, here's a little flashback for you. Roll tape. Now, what you need to do is find a way to sell that. You feel me? I don't know, man. I mean, ethically, do you guys know what we did during the war to pass the time? Uh, war crimes? Now, see, I was going to say hate crimes, but that is much better. No, you jackasses. We talked about what we used to do before the war, you know? Uh, Penguin, we've already talked about what we used to do before we got locked up. Right, right, like Zachy was a junkie. True. Right, right, and I used to resell various items that were recovered at various locations to other people. I thought you worked at Popeyes. Man, shut your mouth. I was an entrepreneur. Yeah, but does anyone know what Penguin did before he got locked up? Maybe you one of them um, bridge trolls, you know, that hang out beneath the bridge and gotta ask a question or whatever. Mel Brooks impersonator? Mel Brooks. Get your life's in, but I was actually in finance for most of my life. <laughs> You guys remember that movie, The Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> yeah. I can tell you some stories right now. <clears throat> oh, God, please don't. Now, hold on a minute, Zach. Now, Penguin, you, you want to tell me right now that all that shit on the movies was true? About, you know, finances all, all drugged out and stuff? Nah, it's a horrible stereotype. Not everybody in finance does drugs. Makes sense. 
Only the winners do. <laughs> Penguin, was the entire purpose of this conversation to get to that one throwaway dad joke? Why, Penguin? Because I'm bored. What else does I do here? Besides, fuck you guys. <laughs> we have an official. Yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> we have an official. Uh, we have an official black guy here. What, what? What do you think about the accent there, DJ? Oh, it works. I'm sorry. It's, honestly, funny. it's it's dialed back so much than him in real life. Because I, I felt like if I if I went full Chucky, it would be truly disrespectful. Honestly, mm-hmm. it would be full stereotype. It would be full bad. Like if he is himself, that's fine. I cannot do that. Not good. I mean, like I, I've because like I don't know. DJ and I have grown up around various parts of black culture, and like I can't tell. You know what I mean? <laughs> this nerd. That's my brother DJ. Oh, hi that's DJ. Eddie. Yeah, how's it going? Are you single? Uh. Currently, <laughs> Eddie, leave my brother alone. No, bad dead boy. But anyway, the cats ate most of it. Oh, uh, but anyways, I, I I don't know. Like it's weird for me because I'm kind of deaf to it. You know what I mean? When everybody else would be like, "That's a stereotype." I'm like, I grew up around people like that. I mean, I, I can definitely understand, like, when, when I first started to, to voice Chucky online, there was a real moment where I sit down and I had to go, okay, how authentic am I willing to take his voice? Like, I really had to put, like, a list of pros and cons up. And I think I landed pretty much north of just borderline offensive, I feel. I don't know, like, like, this, oh, like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Like I said, I mean, I, I grew up like a lot in uh, like New Orleans, and you know, I, I had like like two aunts that literally had, had that New Orleans talk. It's like, ooh, child, you know, it's like <laughs> you know, like you know, like you know that that really like yeah. country black, you know, southern draw. So you know, as far as like offensive for me goes, it's like you have to like be like really like out there, you know, for me to actually notice anything like a, a, offensive or anything like or anything you have like to go, that. Like, it's, like, full mammy. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have me some bitches and gravy. They literally talk like that. And I was like, I mean, so it's like, for me, it's it's it's, it's weird. So like when oh. I see like like little things, it's like you you talk a little black and it's like, oh, that's racist. I'm like, really? That's right. Damn. Like, you know, come to my neck of the South. You know, holy crap. <laughs> what I actually love, I, to this day, I still get comments occasionally, especially on lives and stuff. Where it's like, oh, look, another white guy who's toxic is black. And it's just like, what? You you talk like you're black? I don't think I do. I, I've never really been told that. It's like TikTok. Um, I've had a couple issues with that being raised in the South. And it's like, well, it's either a Southern accent. It's living in poverty, which unfortunately a large majority of black people do live in some sort of poverty. Hmm. And then there's like the black scent, which is a whole different thing. And I don't think like people who are out, like don't know black people or have like one black friend, they don't know the difference. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I, I, I have a black friend. His name is Curtis. He, and I mean, like, that's just ima imagine. <laughs> not a black friend. It's just the guy you buy weed from. <laughs> imagine, imagine people's surprise when they see my name, Miguel, and then they answer the phone and they hear this. <laughs> Do you ever phone me to? Hola. No, I, I like when I got my job, my first job here in Indy, I I met my boss, and when I showed up, and yeah, he was like, "Oh, you're Hispanic," and I'm like yeah and he goes holy shit dude i talked to you on the phone you sound whiter than i do that's so weird because when i heard your voice first Thanks. i didn't think you were white at all what did you think i was i thought you were hispanic true yeah i remember like, that i remember that oh, hey. really yeah. yeah i fully thought you were hispanic. he caught you right away mm -hmm. yeah, then, yeah way to go like yeah. one out of like a thousand people that have clocked me as hispanic i gotta admit if i hadn't seen your face at first I think I even questioned it the first couple of times you interacted, but uh, yeah. yeah. I, got, I got questions on my TikTok. I was like, are you black? And I was like, do I, do I look black? You're a little scrawnier than I thought you would be. Thank you. <laughs> I think that is a compliment. <laughs> oh, babe, now you're, um, tell, tell him the Taika Waititi uh, cocaine burger drama. Oh, um, do y'all know what blind items are? blind items yeah in what regard there's there's a lot of regards gotcha uh well the one i'm specifying is that there are sites online where you can uh post your uh rumors and drama about um celebrities that you know or associate with like real time celebrities uh but you put it in such a vague way that it can't be traced back to you and you have to know who they're talking about in order to understand uh what it's about so they're not going to say, like, Taika Waititi killed a baby. Uh, they say, like, um, this A-list, foreign-born, uh, polysexual director killed a baby. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So you have to kind of know what they're talking about. Uh, so for the three that we've heard so far, and, you know, these are all rumors, Taika Waititi, who is my baby, is a coke fiend. Um obviously very open marriage kind yeah. of thing, which everyone kind of knows about. Uh, cheated on his wife, Rita Ora, while she was uh, performing in, I think, Australia <laughs> to the song uh, Running Up That Hill. Uh -huh. um, and then what was the other thing? Yeah. Oh, and um, Chris Hemsworth hates him and won't do any more movies with him, which kind of explains Love and Thunder and how bad that was. Um, because he banged Chris Hemsworth, like girlfriend or wife. I find that dubious at best. Really? I yeah. mean, I think that's very on par for yeah. Tiger Woods, honestly. Yeah, not not, is, not that part. Like, like Chris Hemsworth, like a handsome guy. Like, who would cheat yeah. on that? I find Have it. Yeah. Tiger? Have you seen Tiger Woods, dog? No. Yeah, he's very pretty and stuff like that. But his at the same time, his. Chris no, Hemsworth's I seen, I wife. Him, so I, I can't. I, I can't. Say well, yeah, you have. Chris Hemsworth's a dick, right? Yeah. I, I, so that might be an association with it, but like, he's like Taika Waititi's like the bard, high charisma of the world. <laughs> he's the world bard. I love that. Yeah. You, you see him, DJ, this guy. Oh yeah. Okay, I didn't recognize the name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I'll I, still. I I'll rather go with Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I find that highly dubious because, like, well, like, 
God, like how do like it's kind of like the same kind of like drama. Like uh, a lot of people accused Chris of cheating a few years ago when he was doing um, the Netflix movie Extraction, and that they were like, "Oh yeah, Chris was out getting drunk and and uh, and womanizing in this place that they were filming," and uh, it kind of got like they were trying to get it to his wife, and she was like, "Really? That's funny because I was on that shoot." I didn't see him go out once. I mean, that's fair. Like, it, like, like I said with these blind yeah. items, they can be completely not true. But it would be amazing for me personally to know that Taika Waititi <laughs> could screw any woman that he could, or man, or that man. he could ever want. Like, because there's no rough. way that man's true. Yeah. I mean, like, also with the Love and Thunder thing, uh, they they yes. Thor is such a <laughs> Thor is such a uh, uh, dry character, and. The reason I say dry character is because DJ knows. DJ's a bigger Thor fan than I am. Uh he doesn't have a lot of villains. You know, like 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 the same thing when they yeah. when we talk about like Iron Man. Like, yeah. oh, why did they bring Whiplash for Iron Man? Is well because Iron Man's villains are the same villains as the X-Men. Mm-hmm. He has the same villains that are world enders. Mm-hmm. And we can't keep putting him up against world enders like Thanos. Yes, we like can mis- like Mr. Sinister. <laughs> DJ. Yes, we can. Yes, DJ. we can. Shut up. And besides, and, and, and Thor has a lot of uh, villains. They just most of them suck. Just suck. Yeah. Well, DJ, in your opinion, who do you think would be like that? They haven't released in movies yet as a good um, villain against Thor. Just pure Thor. Just pure Thor. Like Thor, no covenant. Maybe he gets Natalie Portman, but. And I have to say, Hercules. Hmm. Yeah, but he's not really a villain. Ares. Ares. Oh, Ares. Ares. If yeah, if we're going pure Thor, like you know, who who can match up to Thor <laughs> and like who has a very significant uh, role in the comics, although yeah. underrated as far as villain goes, I would say Ares. I'm not Definitely familiar with Ares, so could you explain? Oh, uh, I mean Ares, you know, is God the, of uh, War. Yeah, God of War. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's pretty much in, the, in mythologies that that, but in um, in Marvel, Ares is more of a uh, manipulator, but he will throw down if he has to. Mm-hmm. Think think um, think of Ares like Loki, but Thor capable. Okay, yeah, I was thinking much. God of War, like God of War, like the, like Ares the video games. No, 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 no. <laughs> in, in the comics, Ares is very much matched to Thor, mm-hmm. but he chooses Loki's way of doing things. Gotcha. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's, oh, that's a good one, dude. I was thinking like I was thinking like Hercules with the black curse. Uh yeah, that's a good one. But if we're gonna go about I'm thinking like just pure villain. Pure yeah, villain. Not, yeah, yeah, like Ares. not like just sex, but yeah, so I, I would say Ares. And I especially like Ares because you know, for for because he's considered Rhodes, James Woods, War Machine, his his avatar. Uh-huh. I mean, he's the war machine, so it so it, so it makes sense. So you know, bringing a little, little Iron Man element to that, uh you know, into into that conflict. So yeah, I would say I would definitely say Ares. Um, Ares or 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 the Black Legion. Black Legion's a good one too. Yeah, yeah, but Black Legion would be way too difficult on screen. Hmm. You know, like that's kind of stupid. Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, I asked DJ who he thought would be the best enemy on screen against uh, Thor that they haven't released yet. Yeah, and, and I said Ares. Yeah, Ares is the best one. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as as far as like Taika Waititi goes, I mean, like, 
I've never personally read anything that this guy's done wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard he can be difficult to work with with younger actors, but... Uh, there was a article I had read about Chris Hemsworth. Uh, he didn't say it directly, but he was done working with uh, mad scientist directors. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was due to um, Limitless. Oh, okay. I thought that was right off the heels of Love and Thunder. No, no, that was Gosh. Limitless. He's going into production for Limitless, and the last the last time he did Limitless, that was a lot of, uh, oh, well, we're going to experiment with this. And mm, okay. Chris was like, why? We have a story. Mm. What, what, so now what, that we're talking we? about Taika Waititi, can we talk briefly about Our Flag Means Death? Our Flag Means Death, yes. Oh, it was so good. It was That's so good. and it's the show. I... I <sighs> The only thing I didn't like about it was that they they took so far between points in the story. That, that is, was it. I would love them to be gay for so much longer. Like I would like we to got see time. Them. Yeah, we, still, we got we got I mean, seasons. <laughs> still, they, they they almost took it to the point that, that I was wondering are are we being queer baby? Yeah, know? are like, we doing a will they won't they yeah. they won't kind of thing? I mean, like so. Like our our flag means death. The whole, the reason I watched it was because it's accurate. Weirdly, yeah. Like it's weirdly accurate to what actual pirates did. You know the 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 brother marriage type thing, stuff like that. And also and, the yeah, voting the, on shit and just everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The voting, the the fighting, and all that. It's just that for me, uh, they they did what Taika's tend to do. Taika tends to do when he's not reined in by somebody else, and it's get to the fucking story. Like, yes, we understand that your scenes are funny. We understand that your dialogue is funny. And that's the same reason I couldn't watch what we do in the shadows. Mm. It's like, get get to the fucking point. Get are to you the talking fucking about the point. movie or the show? Movie. Oh, okay. You see, that's what I like about Taika Waititi. What I liked about, uh, like, Avatar 2. Was, I've seen it. Uh, it. It takes forever to get to the point. Yeah. <laughs> because, and, like, in the in-between of that, like, I think this just might be, like, me being, like, super fucking autistic is I like to, like, investigate every little we, detail, every little tiny before. story. Uh, and, like, it's like those things when you're playing a video game and they immediately get you into, like, the war. I'm like, no, I want to I wanna have a couple days, like, knowing this character is a normal guy. Like, I want to know what he eats for dinner. <laughs> I'll tell you, I tell you why Wait, our... Avatar 2, really? I mean... Avatar 2 took a long time. He hated Avatar 2. I loved Avatar 2. I'm not just saying I hated Avatar 2. I'm just saying that I've had colonoscopies go by faster. I've had this conversation with him. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I really enjoyed it. Like There there are definite criticisms I could give on the movie, and I don't want to spoil it. But like for how long it took and for just like all the little details that seem so insignificant, they meant something to me because like, it was the questions I had. I don't like stories that are open-ended, or especially when they leave you at the end. They're like, oh, you decide. I'm like, no. I don't want to work. That's <laughs> not why I bought this ticket. You're hey. telling me the story. Like, hey, I don't want to write it. Why are you to tell us a story? <laughs> hey, give me the kernel any day. <laughs> uh, but uh, well, real, real quick, DJ, sorry. Uh, the reason, and, and I kind of remember why, the reason that uh, I didn't vibe with our flag means death was because it is so uh good omens 
with half the with half the charm. Hmm. I have to disagree. I I gotta disagree with that as well. Yeah. I, I think it's it's on par with good. I think it's better I, I than good. I, I don't know. Essentially, no. I thought um like. But also, also let me let me let me let me put an asterisk on that. <laughs> let me put an asterisk. I am a Neil Gaiman fanboy. Yeah. So, so what are a big takeaway from this is that you hate the LGBT community. Oh, excuse me, oh, Neil Gaiman fanboy. <laughs> You're gonna say what in front of a Neil Gaiman fanboy? Yeah, Again, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get some for that. Yeah, I'm it. <laughs> Sad man, baby. But yeah, pers- personally speaking, um, I'm okay with Neil Gaiman. I never really got into Sandman. I liked Good Omens. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there was oh, some like really amazing stuff they did, and but like my like. Ex- special knowledge of like neil gaiman is knowing that like his wife sucks and i follow him on tumblr yeah his wife is kind of a cunt yeah yeah she, she really sucks like every time i think about her too hard i get angry <laughs> that's great I, I, every time I, i'm I, reminded that she exists i just break out his rage <laughs> i i think my favorite interaction with neil gaiman and anybody else was uh, neil gaiman talking to Penn gillette and how Neil Gaiman's daughter was going through a goth phase and trying to rebel against Neil and Penn found it hilarious because like Neil was looking at her going like you sophomoric idiot I invented goth <laughs> like, who the fuck do you think you're rebelling against you moron you see when I was a teenager I was smarter than that when I wanted to rebel against my mom I started listening to this top 100 hits oh yeah it was like she was like very rock and roll very like alternative my first video game was unreal tournament and that was the biggest form of rebellion that i had against my mom is that i would not smoke weed i generally that that was that was honestly like the biggest form of rebellion because she was you know punk rock star yeah. There was nothing that I could do as long as I was honest with her about it. And she was like, well, I mean, is there evidence? You know, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> but I, I DJ's, was, uh, it was so yeah. weird. DJ's biggest form of rebellion is that he turned black. But the question yeah. is, Slowly. did you go back? Never has. <laughs> I, I was I was more thinking of like was it like a slow process from nine to twelve or did you wake up one night and then all your family was like ah <laughs> no no it was it was more like just woke up one night and it was like complete <laughs> <laughs> download complete Xbox above your head <laughs> he right. started he started the download when he went to bed and woke up. All right. Yeah. This will, yeah. This will I just imagine the PS4, PS5 downloading music while you're waiting and you're just like waiting on the fucking like trance music. <laughs> oh my god. All right. I don't I don't know like my, the biggest rebellion I had against my parents. I don't know. Like I don't really have one. Oh, I did shave my head to piss off my mom. How'd that work out? I cried. <laughs> like I, I, I we didn't have a razor or anything to do my hair. My hair was like pretty long at that point. And so I just like cut it with scissors so like it was definitely like up against the head but fucked up 
And I was like, fuck you, mom. Like, it was my only time of, like, fuck you, mom. Because, like, I knew how ridiculous that sounded even when I was a teenager. But it was my only time I did that. And then, like, an hour later, I knew my mom was going to find out eventually. So I just, like, came up to her and cried. I was like, mom, I did something bad. And she thought, like, I don't know. I tried to kill myself or something. And she sees the guts and she hates it. And it took her a month to fix it. But ever since then, I've had the shaved head. That's that's odd. I mean, like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, rebellion against my parents. Well, it's you're weird. Hispanic, so like. I know I it's kind of right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever rebelled, rebelled against my parents. I mean, I had no real reason to. Yeah, same. I mean, like, I dr- I drink liquor rather than beer. That's a big one. <laughs> it's it's a thing in the Hispanic community. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the Hispanic community, if you drink liquor, you're essentially an alcoholic. Like, right. You can drink seventy two beers a night. That's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. That's your after work beer. Yes. Drink a couple of highballs. Oh my god. God, I I can remember back when I thought like that. I'm like no, it's not as I drink beer. I'm fine. It doesn't matter. I drink beer from the time I wake up, time I go to bed. I'm fine. <laughs> pretty pretty much, yeah. So uh, I we've been running for a long time. So let's go ahead and uh, start wrapping this bitch up and head to the pump. <laughs> I really got to fix that. All right, Zach, tell everybody where they can find you and how to get in contact with you and what project you're going to be starting soon. You can find it on TikTok at Zach Galloway Official. Um, also, Zach Galloway Official at gmail.com. Additionally, I am starting a YouTube channel, which I'm working on with Deadman. Y'all can tune in for that and just check my TikTok for updates on how that's going. Also, I have a Patreon. Um, basically, if you go to my TikTok, it's in, it's in the link tree. Awesome. Uh, and of course, uh, we have stuff to shill real quick, and I'll just burn through this so uh, we're not hanging around. Uh, waiting for DJ's Coke to kick in. So we have a Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com forward VT network for one, three, and five dollars a month. That's right. We're only worth that much. Uh, for one dollar a month, you get producer credit on every uh, episode. You get the Zen Gibby's Gibby's moment of Zen and a minute with DJ. Uh, he's going to be updating those soon. For three dollars a month, producer credit on every episode, access to the post show that releases every Wednesday, a minute with DJ and a Gibby's moment of Zen. For five dollars a month, and that's where you want to be. That's the airstrike tier. You get access to the monthly movie roast. Uh, the post show every <coughs> Wednesday, your name right out loud at the end of every episode, producer credits, stickers every month. I'm still waiting on your stickers to get here before I send out your batch and then, uh, we'll be back on track, uh, giveaway every three months. Our next giveaway is this month on the 20th. Uh, I'm in with DJ and Gibby's moment of Zen. That is patreon.com forward slash VT network. And you'll be helping us out a lot. If you want to get a hold of us, that is VT network number two on all social medias. And, uh, that way, if you want us, want to talk to us, uh, vtnetwork84 at gmail.com is also our email. <coughs> Why am I coughing so much? I don't know. Anyways, uh, also, we have merch in case you want to support us that way and you don't want to do the monthly thing. That is vtnetwork.redbubble.com. And these are all handmade uh, merch designs, such as this one, which is a tune-in logo, which is where we're signing off everywhere. Uh, it comes in hats, mats, hoodies, T-shirts, uh, phone cases, skirts, we got blankets in case you want to sleep naked with us, pins, drawstring, bad scarves, tall mugs, water bottles, fucking aprons, whatever you want to have, it's fucking there. Mm, big, nice. big, get your fucking apron. Right. Get the fucking apron. <laughs> 
And and if you want to have the challenge of trying to make me puke on the post show, buy more than $7, screenshot the receipt, and send it to vtnetworking4 at gmail.com, and you can try to make me puke. So far, nobody has done it. And, uh, what an odd goal. I know. Well, it was set not by me. It was set by a previous host, and so far, we're keeping it going until someone does it. And I feel like unless someone doses you with fucking arsenic, that's not going to happen. With Epicac? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's it's very difficult to upset my stomach, so that's why it's, it hasn't been done yet. Uh, the only one. That's been... <laughs> what was that? Is it getting to, to choke on this epic hack? <laughs> Boo! Anyways, uh, with all that said, though, hi Ash. We want to thank Paul Schroyer and the Magic Squirrel Network for keeping us on and keeping us going. I also want to thank all our producers, which is the Raging Caucasian, Cheyenne, the Grave Robber, Carol, Sherry Finks, Ashley, Mike, fucking Smith, Gibby, and Donnie Hangle. Thank you guys so much. And once again, uh, we love you too, Ash. Uh, the Superior Huff. Once again, uh, your stickers will be out soon. I promise. I'm just waiting for them to get them going. Uh, with all that said, though, we're going to get the fuck out of here and go to the post show where we got some funny some funny stuff to uh, look at. Uh, with all that said, say goodnight, DJ. DJ. Goodnight. <laughs> DJ. What? Say goodnight, DJ. Goodnight, DJ. DJ. Yeah. Put some month in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Good night, folks. Good night. Night.